you getting yourself ready for our show? Halloween jig heads and uh, get ready for the spookiest episode of the year. That's a promise. Get ready. I mean, it's going to be get yourself like, you know, whatever you need to comfort yourself and be ready. Uh, I'm back on the banks officially as of this week with a record. I have to throw that out there. We're going to talk more about that. And Sean is uh, renting an apartment on the Cape, apparently just for the food. Uh, And just the tip, our cold weather has arrived and uh, you want to make sure that you are properly dressed for the whole experience, guys. And FTG, another cliche, rears its ugly, ugly head. We got tourney updates about in our bait of the week this week. It's all about all types of curly tail grubs. Trick or treat, motherfuckers, and jig heads alike. It is time for some candy. Get yourself ready, and uh, we got ourselves one hell of a great show. We'll be back, guys, right after this. Good morning, everybody. Good evening, good afternoon, and good night, bitches. Welcome to Jigs and Bigs, everybody. Uh, it's been an amazing, amazing week here. You, you, odd in a lot of ways. And you, by the end of this show, you're going to finally understand exactly what I mean by this was a very odd sort of week. Um, but uh, we're glad to be here for another show. We had another awesome one last week, and uh, we're hoping to, to, to just follow suit and, and, and keep that level of consistency of jigs and bigs excellence that you've come to know and love at that level that you expect from us, you know? I know you've up your standards, so up ours, right? Right. Sean, how are you today? How are things? Uh, I was really composed and ready to go until about ten seconds ago. I thought so. What you don't well, let's let's describe. Let's start the show off by saying, you know, I wasn't planning on going in this direction, but you you changed. You did a little ad living. I, I like to throw throw some a little bit a little bit of roast beef seasoning in there if I can every once in a while. Well, here's what happened. Nobody could see what I, I type a few notes for us for an intro. So you got something to work with. Yep. You know, it, there's a little behind the beef curtain thing. And um, I, I typed up the intro today and I, my last line was trick or treat motherfuckers. And I looked at it. I'm like, ah, that's too early to be oh. motherfuckers. And I erased it and put trick or treat jig heads. And you went ahead and you got my, my sloppy seconds for the Sean, the fish on the fisherman seasoning. It's because and, I'm uh, so clairvoyant. Oh, wow. That's amazing. That's, that doesn't happen all, that often. Did you ever hear the story where, uh, what was it? I think it was David Crosby and Jerry Garcia used to jam together? Yes. And they would just play guitar, mm-hmm. and they wouldn't talk. They would just smoke copious amounts of marijuana and look at each other and just jam off each other, and they called it bong telepathy. <laughs> oh, that is hol- that's great, man. I think that a little a little sliver of that may have just happened right may there. Have, I don't yeah. know. I'm not positive. We, we may have had that. Well, which one of us is Jerry, and which one of us is uh, uh, fuck. Uh, Jerry was Jerry was a taller guy. Crosby was shorter. Yeah, so we just we yeah. Got Crosby, 
Mm, I always have had a thing for Melissa Etheridge, too, so I guess that makes sense. Uh, Let's go ahead and move on. (laughs) You you ruined everything. We were ready to go, and you dropped the motherfucker too quick. I did. I did. (laughs) Guys, uh, it's been been crazy. Uh, The the year-long challenge that I've had this week of, of going an average of two days a week with my kayak fishing from the beginning of spring when I dropped it in the water all the way to what I felt was the end of the season. I've done it. I've completed it. The average was like 2.3 for, for the, the trips that I've taken. Over the summer, there were days where I was going out four days a week. And I was nice way job. over. You know what I mean? And as we got kind of into the fall, it was kind of nuts. Not uh, not to say that there there haven't been like, uh, you know, stumbling blocks. Like a lot of shit having to do with like, remember the, the construction with the water main that they were doing on my street? Now they're doing a gas line over there. We're going to talk about that in a second. My week, though, I had gone out and and it was like it was so poetic the way I I had gone out on. I think it was Wednesday. No, it was Thursday. I had gone out. So I went out on Thursday and uh, I had had gotten the yak. We had rain all week long and like it was just cold. I don't want to be out in the rain in, in the cold like that. I'm like, it's just not that's not not the experience that I'm necessarily looking for. So I was just looking for the first dry day. And it happened to be that Thursday was beautiful, it was great. But it was also right at that window where we were starting to lose that little tropical uh, pocket of air that we had that brought all that rain and stuff. We had like low temps in this in the in the like high 50s, low 60s. And it was like it was uncomfortable sleeping. It was it was muggy it was just it was ridiculous and i knew that that thursday we were going to see a change and get more of that seasonal low temperatures at night so i said let's go ahead and do it got out on the water and uh it's it like i said it was it was poetic in this way the results were almost exactly the same for the knockout tournament that i had fished with one major change not that i caught fish it's that I caught the giant rainbow trout this time. That's what it nice. was. Uh, I had gone out and was uh, was working some spots that uh, I was basically just 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 going to spots where I knew that there was structure that was gonna that that I should find fish, and uh, nothing was really kind of coming of it. And I was throwing around another uh, another paddle tail on a on a light a lighter jig head than normal, a quarter inch, a quarter inch, a quarter ounce, and uh, I had I got a thump kind of near this little brush pile that was submerged and i said okay well go ahead and slow slow it down we'll see what happens and then actually just out of like fishing this one spot and trying to get that that uh, that bite again i started like sort of hastily reeling my bait back in and it got hammered i mean absolutely crushed and i was like oh this is a good fish let's see what we have here got it in the net and it was a beautiful rainbow which made it clear to me that, yes, 100%, I have to go and get a cooler for my kayak. I put a question up on Instagram, and I got a bunch of recommendations. Um, this cooler is not going to be for keeping any beverages cold or anything. It's going to be a meat locker. So it doesn't have to be anything fancy, but you know, you know, com- compact enough to be able to put in a uh, uh, an easy-to-reach spot. I kind of think I want to put the cooler in front of me as opposed to behind my my tackle and stuff and, and put, put it out any further further um ramon had suggested something that had crossed my mind as well 
He goes, you know, in a situation where I don't have a cooler or anything like that, but I'm on the kayak, what I do, he's like, I, I just keep a metal stringer. And he goes, what I'll do is I'll just, I'll cut the, the fish's throat, bleed it out, and then I'll just leave it hanging in the water. And I'm like, you know, I have no issue with that. And I've done that before, like with that lake trout that I caught up at Wachusett. Caught it so early and it it, it, it ch- absolutely choked a rattle trap. So it was, it, uh, I, I believe they would say, he would go and die. And uh, so releasing him was not going to happen. So I, I made a, a small stringer out of a st- out of a, a branch from a bush that was nearby, staked it down into the sand, let it sit there. But knowing like, hey, if I come back and this fish is gone, it's, it wasn't meant to be. You know what I mean? I'm thinking like some bird of prey or a turtle or something's going to come up and grab it. With my luck, if I'm in the boat, that's exactly what's going to happen. I'm going to get a big ass snapper that's going to come up and go, thank you. and Just take off with my lunch. Immediately, someone's going to see you struggling, come over and go, you ever catch a turtle? <laughs> exactly. And I'm going to say, like, you know what? No, but you're about to. You're about to catch a turtle upside your goddamn skull. Um, so it, it, Cliches are everywhere these days, they, Bobby. Cliches are They everywhere. really are. I think 2023 is going to be the year of the cliche, actually. I have a feeling. So uh, that was a, it. Was a good day. Um, I got the truck. Uh, I, I you know got the trailer back in. And I was debating going out on Friday again because the weather was going to be very similar on Friday. And this is what happened on Friday. I had uh, what I've been doing is I didn't actually get out on the water until about eleven a.m. So I you know run the kid uh, run the kid to the bus stop, do all that. I had Friday morning. I had to run to the bank, do a couple of errands, come home. What I do is I finish up my coffee. I have a little bit of breakfast, do the daily constitutional, and then you know later before noontime I'll go and I'll jump in the truck and drag the yak out to the pond. Well, I, as I go to do this, uh, there is a giant trench dug across my lawn where they're putting a new gas line to the house from the gas line that's in the street and i had dump trucks and all kinds of heavy equipment right in front of me there i wasn't going anywhere so i decided i said okay well i mean i should say i wasn't going anywhere with the trailer because positioning that was never going to happen so i said all right we'll go and we'll hit the bank I'll go maybe a little bit. Maybe I'll go after lunch. We'll just go for a couple hours before I get Delaney, something like that. So when they took their lunch break, I skedaddled out to go and hit the banks. And uh, I figured I'd I'd use that opportunity. And I know I mentioned this uh, in an earlier episode, probably a couple weeks ago. But I recently had picked up a couple of Cast King Blackhawk telescopic rods. um, So that, you know, when I go to Vegas, you know, this winter and when I'm traveling and, you know, anywhere, especially anywhere I have to fly or something like that i've got something with me but also like when i'm going out and i'm doing some like hiking and i'm going around a body of water and i don't want to be burdened with having to carry my rods and a shitload of tackle i'm going to combine these things into a different into my backpack and put the 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 those rods in there and what i had picked up was a seven foot three medium heavy fast uh black hawk to uh bait casting rod and i put a uh i actually put my abu garcia pro max on there it's a seven speed uh rod uh seven speed reel and i've got like 15 pound floral on there so it'll generally work for whatever i gotta kind of do for the most part um i am having second thoughts uh and, and i think what i'm actually do is take one of my old black maxes and i'm just gonna do like 30 pound braid with a mono leader so that way I get like that much more versatility out of it. And then I can dedicate that reel to that setup. 
breaking these down and leaving the reels on kind of sucks. I did put my favorite spinning reel on the uh, the seven foot. No, I'm sorry, that's not a seven foot. It's a six six medium light. No, what's interesting about these rods is like the top segment of the rod is fiberglass. The the rest is uh, is uh, is is all carbon, but the 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 top it's so it's the tip is super whippy, like. It kind of makes yeah. casting a little bit funky. Like it takes a little bit, but I caught fish on uh, on both presentations that I was throwing. I, I caught three largemouth in total. One was just a super dink. The other two were good size nibblers, but nibblers nonetheless. And uh, and they wanted they wanted moving shit that day, which was nice. That was fun. And then uh, and then that was it for my my week as far as fishing goes. Now uh, last week I had uh, put a poll up on my Bobby Rose Beef Instagram page asking for folks about how they wanted to celebrate Halloween this year. If they wanted me to do the Halloween special and bonuses the week leading up to Halloween or the week that Halloween was on, meaning like this week that we're going into now. If you're listening to this now, like this week right now. And it was a ridiculous number of people. It was like 97 or 98% wanted it the week prior. So I said, okay, cool. We'll do four games. And I came up with what I was calling the spookiest or most terrifying playlist of songs that uh, any that I've ever, ever done. And you know what that, that category was? What? Kids Bop Halloween songs. Oh, geez. Wow. You're a... Man, you're a you're a bad human. <laughs> does it make sense this the silence of the lamb song that I played earlier? Does it make a little bit more sense now? <laughs> I got problems. <laughs> so yeah. I had uh, I had put this together. We just played name that tune with it. It was a lot of fun. People had a good time. But then I went and I rent. I wrote four because uh, I only had four games last week. So I did four uh, separate rounds for the high stakes buzzing round that were all like what I would call themed general knowledge. So these were in the Halloween sort of theme, and they all covered like costumes, candy, horror movies, Halloween traditions, and just a mixed bag of all that kind of stuff. Just 10 quick questions. Put that together, and that went over really, really great. We had a really, really good time. It was a whole lot of fun. Um, some of my my biggest fans, uh, this uh, this this group uh, from uh, the middle of the state, they, they are graduated from a local college, and they can't get enough of their Bobby Roast Beef trivia on Thursday nights. They go so far as to get like a hotel room so they can come and have drinks and hang out. <laughs> like they're, they're no joke. Wow. They showed up this week. It was every single night. It was pretty good. Friday was really quiet, but I kind of thought this weekend there was going to be a lot of other like festive Halloween parties and shit going on. And I was right. Friday night was a little bit slower, but everything else was really good. We had a good time. It was a lot of fun. And then uh, Saturday, I was I was really kind of hoping I was going to be able to get out and bank fish again on Saturday. I really wanted to. But then Friday night, my wife had mentioned to me, she's like, oh, she's like, well, you don't have your birthday party that you're doing until until like uh, the evening, right? And I said, yep. She goes, oh, well, why don't we go to Costco? Fine. <laughs> the shopping trap. <laughs> I was like, you got it. Then we go to Costco. We buy all of our stuff. And I got to tell you, we like to play this game at Costco where when, you know, they're, they're, they're running everything through the checkout and, you know, we're getting all of our, oh, look at you. You've got little treats, little cakes and pies. My, my wife made a cake and she said it's not going to be ready before you start recording. And she was just super awesome and brought it up to me. So I have the best wife ever. Dude. She doesn't, that's awesome. 
Yeah. Continue about your wife setting a trap for you to go to Costco. I'm going to eat my cake. So I go to Costco. And I'm 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 doing the thing, and we we have this little game that we play at the checkout all the time of like who's going to be closer with the estimate to the actual cost of all the products that go through. And the thing is with Costco is like it's like the Wild West sometimes. You know what I mean? Like it's so easy to get thrown off and lose track of where you are at. And, uh, you know, we're thinking, oh, yeah, it's going to be in this window. And I went a little on the high side. And even the girl that was at the checkout was like, I don't know about that, man. That seems a little bit much. The actual price was like a good $70 over my number. It was ridiculous. And then I realized, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. My wife had bought a cheese uh, advent calendar. Um, she had bought a dog treat advent calendar. She had put back the two outfits for the dogs, the little flannel hoodies for the dogs to keep them nice and toasty because they're dogs. Uh, and then she had, uh, what else did she put in there? That was just, it was a big ticket item. I forget what it was. It was, it, it was, but we were just not keeping track of all this other stuff. Like, uh, you know, we had a lot of like freezer stuff and like, you know, some baked items for like, there was a party that she was going to over the weekend and I had to work. I had to do a, uh, a birthday party, a 50th birthday party actually for uh, a couple that I had, uh, I had done their wedding back in 2016 and, um, she had reached out to me and said, I'm trying to organize a surprise 50th for my husband, and it would be awesome if you were there. I said, oh, we can have so much fun with this. I said, you know, I, I know the group. I know I know the, the group that'll be there. I'm like, you know what we'll do? I go, I'm not going to, like, push trivia or anything, but I go, if you guys want to play Name That Tune, I can do a full game of it. And she was like, let's do it. That sounds awesome. And uh, they came in, and, and the, everything was awesome. It was at a, a really, actually, it was right in, in your neighborhood. <laughs> It was, it was kind oh, was of a place, it? yeah, a place that was right, right near in your neighborhood. Small group of people. I think there were like forty guests, something like that. A lot of fun. We had some laughs, but I did uh, name that tune with them, and I used like this is one of the rounds that I will use is like if I'm doing a corporate event and these are folks that have never played and they want to do name that tune, I'll use this one. It's modes of transportation, so it's all different types of songs, and it's something that people can put together. And that one, like. The thing is with the birthday boy, he is a musician and has unbelievable taste in music and lots of knowledge about music. A good 30% of the crowd are folks that he's played music with in bands through his entire life at some point. So they're right on that level. And he was like, oh, this is this. Who knows how this is going to be? We're going to run away with it. So I said, we did it in three stages. We did that easy one. And then I did a bonus. And then we went and we did the lo-fi. I don't know if you remember when I did this. It was lo-fi remakes of popular songs. So, like, I had, like, a lo-fi version of, of Hello. Let me actually see if I can play this. It sounds somewhat familiar, but I have been to a lot of your trivia events. Yes. And I don't, I don't remember that one in particular. Maybe. I don't know. So this one, like, is like this. Yes. Okay. Yep. It's like elevator music, you know. Um, yep. And and I I you know we did that and that went great. It was awesome. Actually, his kids were buzzing in and they were like, "Oh, we got this one!" Yeah. And they dropped the ball. And I like you know they got they they'd get one and get like twenty points. And so that was an interesting round. And then we did a challenge. I did the cup stacking challenge with them with this, some extra points, and they uh, they got a good kick out of that. Still, nobody lately has been able to complete that challenge. And then we finished the round up with uh, the uh, volume one of Fuck Karaoke, 
where they're the karaoke versions of terrible songs. And they loved that. In each of these were only like 10 songs long. So it was a really fast game. And then we did one final bonus at the end. Um, his wife was, we didn't even talk prizes because for an event like this, I normally don't even recommend doing prizes. But she went out and she got a, a big stack of, of lottery tickets. So I divided them up in a, you know first, second, and third place and gave out prizes and stuff. It was awesome. And then it, it's great because I, I don't, I only get to do so many events where like it's a big rock crowd. So like I was playing shit that I normally don't get to play at parties like Rush. And I know that one of his favorite bands is Kiss. So I went and I was like, as much as I don't like Kiss, I, I, I appreciate like the, the, the level of dedication that their fans have. Like I'm just, their music isn't for me. You know what I mean? But uh, I go and I'm playing, I'm playing it, and they're they're just loving it. It was great. Everybody's having a good time. So, and and we're gonna talk a little bit more about the food at this party later in this segment. We'll talk more about that then. How was your week, though, Sean? Well, before I get into that, I mean, at this point yeah. now, should we should we develop a food segment as long as it's somehow related to fishing activities? It's almost like we should. We talk about it every fucking show. And I'm okay with it. I'm fine with it. I like talking about food. I'm going to talk about food in a minute. Yeah, we're going to talk about food in a minute. I don't know if we should throw that in a segment, though. I think we should just let it be organic and natural because we do. We talk a lot about food on this show. And yeah, I know. I got got my wife bringing me food while we're while we're recording. I don't know what the fuck's going on. I had. It's funny too that you mentioned that because just today, I was going through a bunch of like old videos. I came across this old video from like WAAF, like way way. I forget who the artist was that they were talking to. Somebody like relatively local or or regional that had been touring was was in town, and it was Mistress Carrie that was having a conversation with this guy and i guess a previous conversation they they had a, a, a discussion about uh i think it's called nick's roast beef a place in the boston area like a staple and they had this conversation and then this this was like you know prior and then for this this interview that, that i had watched today he actually brought in like a bag of these roast beef sandwiches <laughs> like they got into this whole tangent about them and everything and i'm just like that reminds me so much of the way we do our show like it's not just us you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's like these fucking guys all, right. all talk about food. Yeah. All right, good. Well, all right. I just figured we talk about it so much, but now let's let's roll with it. So this weekend, we had what looks to be, for at least for me, um, after I got the uh the dual basketball schedules for the teams I'm coaching. Yep. Uh I I'm not doing a lot other than basketball <laughs> between now and like mid March. I, I think I told you today, like Yep. I, I will probably be in a gym coaching a team, whether it's practices or games, seven days a week, with the exception of holidays and school vacations. Like it's fucking crazy. So, but that's what I like doing in the winter, man. I mean, yeah. I grew up playing basketball. Uh, I learned from a great coach, and uh, and and I was in that coach's system for years. Yep. And uh, I I try to pass along the way that I learned basketball, even though the game has changed in a lot of ways. Sure. I like pa- I like passing that along, and um. And when the kids get it, and and honestly, this is one of those things where the, the, some of the stuff that I teach at certain levels can be more effective than the popular ways the game is being played now. So I enjoy seeing it when the kids understand like, okay, so everybody else is shooting three-pointers. You want us to actually play defense, and we're going to crush people's souls? And yeah, it works out that way. Yeah, When the the, the offensive heavy kids can't get a shot off, 
I mean, one of the, this is awful to say, but one of the proudest moments of me as a coach I've had was we had a kid from another team that you could tell was his team's go-to guy and was oh, probably yeah. a little bit ball hoggish about it. And I put my two best defensive players on him and I said, shut this kid down. If he wants to not pass, good. He can, you know, he can, he can live and die with his decisions. Right. And after his, I don't know, 10th, 15th turnover, whatever it was, he actually threw, he was not on the ground. He threw himself on the ground. And this is a, I don't know, 10 or 11 year old kid had a tantrum kicking oh, and screaming. I think I remember you telling me about this. And I bit back a smile and I turned my back on the kid and I pointed at all the kids on the bench and I said, you guys did this. <laughs> and I was happy because th they frustrated a great offensive player so much yeah. that he threw a He lost his mind. Whatever. Yeah, a preteen or, or a teen threw himself on the ground, lost his mind because he was that frustrated. And I taught kids to, exp you know, to to play proper defense and exploit that weakness. It mm -hmm. was great. Um, that being said, I've got I'm not going to have a lot of free time uh, for fishing, but we'll see what happens over the uh, you know, we get a couple warm spells. I might get out. We'll see what happens. But uh, for now, at least tournament wise, this was my last weekend. One of my favorite yearly events, the fall catch them all brawl. For MAKB. And yep. what that means is pick pick a body of water in the state. You got eight hours, seven to three, as many largemouth as you can catch running total over 12 inches. So it used to be eight. It went to 12 because yep. there was just too many small fish. And it's a lot of work for the judges. Especially. Oh, a lot. Yep. And, and last year, I think we talked about this. I, I've held a little pond that I like to fish out on the Cape. That doesn't. I don't think I've caught a, a fish bigger than seventeen or eighteen inches out of there. Really? Right? There are there are a couple fish here and there that'll top you know fifteen, sixteen inches, but there's just not many. What there are a lot of in this pond are twelve to fourteen inch largemouth. Yeah. And I last year I put up three hundred and fifty inches in eight hours. It was great. I think we said I was catching a fish like every four and a half five minutes because if Wait, you do the math on that, three hundred. How many fish in eight hours? I put up 350 inches. Oh, 350 hours. inches. I thought you said yeah. 350 fish. No, not I fish. Like, I think I ended up catching 45 or 46 fish throughout the, I don't know, whatever it was. It turned out to be a fish counting, you know, counting the um, the smaller bass that were under 12 inches and counting pickerel, which were a few here and there thrown in and the yep. occasional yellow perch. It was like I caught a fish every four and a half minutes for eight hours. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, it was nuts. And it was actually kind of a quicker pace than that because I took an hour and strolled around the lake with a chatterbait when I was using plastics to catch all the fish. So I lost, you know, in seven hours, basically, I caught all those fish. And uh, I, I only got topped last year by John Ferreira's near 500 inches. He put up 495 in eight hours. He had a really good spot, and it was on fire that day. So I had some high hopes going into Saturday, and I was – you know, talking with Nate about it. Like he goes, I don't know, dude, I think you got a shot at winning this. And, and I said, I, I honestly, I think I might too, if this place fishes like it did last year, but that's the problem. My wonderful little pond that I have so much faith in did not fish like last year. And as soon as the wind picked up at about 10 o'clock in the morning, maybe nine 30, the fish shut their mouths. It was no shit. <laughs> yeah, it was brutal. So I went about two hours with catching very minimal, nothing, and um, I ended up, I, I mean, I ended up finishing in the money, but it was, it was a rough day. I wasn't very happy with the result. Mm -hmm. um, I looked, I just did the math on it and I just went through what I caught and I got, 
I ended up catching two dozen bass, right? Which you think, wow, catch them all brawl. That's not bad. Two dozen bass. The problem is the under 12 inches outnumbered the over 12 inches. Oh, gotcha. um, 13 to 11. And I didn't catch anything over 14 and a half inches. So I, I mean, I did all right. It was a rough day of fishing. You could see that like people slowed down when that wind picked up across the state. Oh, yeah. The bite stopped, but there were some big fish caught. Gravy picked up his his PB yesterday. I saw that. He broke. He broke Biggest twenty fish of the year. Him. Yeah. Yep. Good for him. I thought it was. Is that his PB or no? Uh, no, I think I, I don't think so. I think I think he he in the post. I think he put biggest fish of the year. I think Gravy's oh, still skulking around here. But yeah, I mean, that was a that was a big fish. In fact, he tagged X Zone and they commented on it. They're like, "Holy crap!" Yeah. Nice. Well, nice That's job. Awesome. No, he did it. He did great. Um, yeah, I mean, just a disappointing day on the water, but what wasn't disappointing, when on the Cape, you eat like you're on the Cape. You eat That's like true. you're from the Cape. You eat on the Cape. I went over to Max for the third weekend in a row, <laughs> right? I got a sushi roll. I got a bowl or a cup of chowder. And then I got that. I think you're going to laugh at this, but Max really puts together a big platter for everything they do. Oh, you yeah. know that. That's yeah, Fisherman's yeah. Platter was no fucking joke. What do you think that was? 5,000 calories? It was huge. Oh, it was giant. It was absolutely giant. It yeah. came on a small, like, baking sheet. Yeah, it was ridiculous. You know? So the what I ended up getting was the, the kids' fish tots. All right? I got some fish tots, and it comes with the same setup, just a, a bed of fries and, uh, and what, cod, Fried cod. Oh yeah, and oh, I beautiful. was I ate so all of that food going down at once. I was like slightly nauseous from overeating when I left. I'm like, oh, that was that was good. Now I got up at three o'clock in the morning. I left my house at four. I drove two and a half hours to the cave. I got there for six thirty, loaded in, this fucking good. fish for eight hours. Went right to the the restaurant afterwards, and then ate God knows how many calories of food. So I'm exhausted, but I'm no longer hungry. And there's plenty of carbs in my body now. So I'm on Route 6 on Cape Cod on the way home. And I am I got windows open. I'm like rubbing my eyes. I'm like, you know what? There's a rest stop right here. I pulled over. It, oh, God. <laughs> Let me finish my story and I'll address that. I pulled over and I took, a, I took a, a, a carb coma nap for about 45 minutes. Got back on the road and got home safe. Now, I did not say fried cock, Ellie. I said fried cod. That's with a D. <laughs> Something you're a fan of. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh that was, God. I hope that's gonna cause laughter, not a lawsuit. Um, yeah. Something you're a fan of. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe I should be watching the comments today. God damn it. Defend myself. So that was my day, and um, I got up today. I helped out. Uh, I had some stuff to do around the house. I helped out a friend with a resume which took a while because it was building from the ground up, but I did a good job. And um, here we are. Here we're we are here. recording a podcast. Yeah. And while we, while we were talking about what to, to, to really get into for the hot topic this week, number of things came up. Number oh, yeah. of things. Little, little topics. We'll, we'll get into them right now. So you mentioned, God, we can't get away from food. You me- well, wait a minute. We can't get away from D, apparently. Richard's Grinders in Westfield. Yes. We've talked about them on the show. I the, the, the roast beef family is is a huge fan of Richard's Grinders. They deliver 
so much uh, in, in every every which way. Like just great food quality. They're just unbelievable. Um, <laughs> and then uh, without you know, because because in in my mind, I look at it as. You know, Richard's Grinders, probably not a place that you're going to frequent given, you know, your food sensitivity issues and things like that. You know, probably not in that wheelhouse. But then I, you, I do. You, you mentioned yeah. them on the show, which I was I was shocked by. I was like, oh, shit. OK, well, this is this is good to know. And this is what started on that a, whole turkey sandwich conversation. Yes. On occasion, I do wander into a place you wouldn't think I would eat at yep. with a with a puppy dog fucking frown or, you know, looking all sad. And I walk in and I go, can you can you help me? Yeah. I have food problems. Can you feed me? And sometimes they do. Sometimes they're able to do it. Well, I will tell you, I learned something this week about Richard's Grinders. See, Richard's Grinders also does catering. Richard's Grinders fucking nails catering. It, the catering for this birthday party that I did was out of this world. Like, you know, most people have a party and they're just like, oh, yeah, we've got, you know, some panzaziti. We've got some meatballs. There's maybe some chicken. We got salad and then, you know, such and such desserts and things like that. Every single item that they brought over. First off, the ziti was not mush. It was cooked to the appropriate doneness for being on sterno, staying warm. Like, it was done the right way. Not only that, but their sauce was out of this world. It was not what you would expect when they're just like, oh, yeah, here's some baked ziti. Just fucking whatever. And just mail it out. Um Ellie is apparently a big fan of grinders as well. She frequents Dick Grinders, uh, which I didn't realize was a thing. I knew of obviously, you know, Richard. Well, is that like Richard's Grinders? Is that is that like Richard's Grinders, Ellie? Is that like the New Hampshire equivalent, Dick Grinders? We're gonna go on. Um, I have I have many thoughts, and I'm not gonna say any. I think I've said too much. <laughs> I just duck grinders. Wanna. I don't want to touch it. <laughs> uh, the they did these uh, ba- barbecued chicken thighs, which were just dynamite, like out of this world. This is what impressed me the most was the meatballs. You know, most people they'll offer meatballs on a catering menu, and you know that these things came out of a bag, uh, just in their perfect spheres. These look like they were actual hand shaped meatballs, like they made them. Mm. Yeah, I was. I'm. I'm like, these are too imperfect, and they taste too good to be. I'm like, this is out of this world. Like, legitimately out of this freaking world. So good. Nice. They of course had a deli platter, which was like next level. Um, the desserts were great. Everything was really, really fantastic. And I, I brought in the, uh, the 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 hostess of this party had sent me home with a care package that could have fed my entire street. I'm talking pies. I'm talking chicken, meatballs, I'm talking brownies, uh, cookies, all kinds of stuff. And uh, yeah, my uh, my family was very excited when I came home with all kinds of goodies. Very nice. excited. Yeah. So it was uh, it was it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, she's a national treasure, folks. She says Dick Grinders offering thighs and balls. They do. And they deliver on those thighs and balls. They do. <laughs> Deliver what on those thighs and balls? The thighs and balls. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, Gross. like they were on time. They were like, everything was like, it was like clockwork. And I was just like the food quality out of this world, like next level. I would recommend them. If somebody said that they're having an event or if, or if I, we're having an event as Jigs and Bigs that's involving food and we're like, yeah, this isn't something where we can partner with a food truck or something. I would highly recommend that. 
it would get the job done, you know, for sure. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's like what, did, did you have anything else that you need, need to add in there for food? Cause we're, we're going to blow some minds and some pop culture shit next. Oh God. Yeah. We, um, <laughs> this conversation we had while we were prepping the show just went in a thousand different directions. We really didn't have a fishing related hot topic today. So we figured we'd share some ridiculousness with everyone. Um, you start, we started with mentioning Richards and getting all the food, which is great. Uh huh. But I made a, I made a call to you today or call to you this week and I was a little slightly confused. Yeah. Possibly, possibly offended by an article I read, an article that was in my newsfeed on, I don't know, it was Google or Yahoo, whatever the hell it was. And I was very confused. And I said, first off, what is the music review magazine website whatever pitchfork what do they do who do they cater to what's the deal and you said well that's kind of a you know what do you say what was the word you use like eclectic or whatever the fuck or indie they definitely yeah they they do uh lean they lean heavily toward um to be to the indie crowd yeah heavily and i had mentioned to you that i called you right when i opened up this article it said Pitchfork's reader reviews best 100 albums of the 90s. Now I lived in the 90s and so did you and I've you know there's these these are definitely clickbait articles, right? You know oh, for there's sure. always going to be one or one or two weird choices put up in the top 10 just to you know you you wait you scroll through all the other 90 and you get to the top 10 and there's something there that's like bam this shouldn't be there but we're putting it there and we can defend it. Yep. And it might be a different take, different point of view. I get it. Um, so the first thing I did now, I mean, full disclaimer, we know I'm generally a metalhead, but I like all sorts of rock and, sure. you know, um, I'm not so much into punk, but I saw the infusion of punk into a lot of the quote unquote grunge bands, especially in the early days. Um, and I didn't mind it. I, I still don't. I understand it's not metal, but the first thing I opened up that when I clicked on that link, it starts with number a hundred and number hundred was. Alice in Chains Dirt. And I said, okay, right off the bat, there were 99 better albums in the 90s than Alice in Chains Alice Dirt. Alice in Chains and Dirt, I started, yeah. I started, growing, I started scrolling through that list. And then I, that's when I called you. Because I got to about, I don't know, 75. And I said, what the fuck is going on here? And that's when I called you and asked that question and said, what is this? What am I reading? What is the point of view here? If this is a reader's poll, I'm very confused. Um, what was your take on my frantic call in search for understanding? What did you, what did you get out of that? You were, you were all kinds of, uh, verklempt, I would say about, yeah. about, about, uh, this, like there were a lot of titles on there that you're just like, what the hell even is this? And, yeah. and there was like, I mean, I think you got to like, you got a good 60 or 70 in before you hit one I hadn't heard of. Yeah. And, and it was just like, I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure what that is. Um, you know, I mean, I know that Pitchfork leans kind of like more toward an indie crowd. That's kind of how they play. But I'm I'm over here right now, and I'm actually I'm feverishly trying to find the article so I can go and give it a little bit of reference. But the you said number one hundred was Alice in Chains' "Dirt." Uh, the, I just searched the the what was it? What was the Google search? I did a Google search for Pitchfork top '90s albums, and the first link it came up with from an article. It says on September 28th of, of 2022. I look at it, and it's the 150 
best albums of the 90s. And I see that 150 is Salt and Pepper's Very Necessary from 1993. And as you were saying, oh, 100 was, and I was like, maybe it was 150. Maybe I'm confused. And when I saw that didn't match, you said 100. I went to 100, and we don't even get to dirt. Uh, 100 is, oh, geez, there's so many albums in here. Like, okay. Yeah, this, you're, you're looking at a different list than it, what I saw. This it, was a it definitely is. one. Like, 111 is Dookie uh, from Green Day, 1994. Um, Their 100 is Jim O'Rourke's 1999 release, Eureka. Okay, I got yeah. it. So it's on Pitchfork, right? Yep. That the one you're looking at is the top article. It's one, two, three, four, five, six down. The hundred best songs and albums of the '90s, according to Pitchfork readers. So if you guys all lived through the '90s and remember what was good, bad, or otherwise, go ahead and read this article, and you will be fucking completely confused and possibly angry. There we go. And you click open albums. This this was I have to admit I'll give Pitchfork some credit here. I don't know the source material they're working from with their reader base. But the way they broke down data, I really like that, um, how they broke down every, like this one, Bobby, you and I brought this up, or I brought yep. this up. I said every state's favorite album from the 90s. Now, there are 50 states. Sure. And four, 41 of them decided that Radiohead's OK Computer was the best album of the 90s. Okay. I, Radiohead has their rep as being experimental and doing some awesome things. But my issue with this 41 states of it, like you would expect something like that. It's not the first choice. You think the overall overwhelming choice would be like somebody would say Nirvana, never mind, Pearl Jam, Tanner versus Soundgarden's, you know, what, Bad Motorfinger or, yeah. um, well, what was the one with Black Hole Sauna? God damn it. Down on the super upside? Super unknown. No. Um, super unknown. Yeah, Super Unknown would probably get more votes yep. than, than any other Soundgarden album. Alice in Chains, Dirt, or Jar of Flies, right? Mm-hmm. So you would think that those... This is so weird. Yeah, those... Are you finding it? I'm, I'm looking at it now. I'm looking at the Every State's Favorite 90s album. Like... Yeah, it, so the... Every, it's every state. So, like, is there one person in Nebraska who says, yeah, I'm the only person on this and my favorite album was radiohead like i don't i don't get it like wh what the hell so i mean it, the, the only other album is nirvana's nevermind that has more than one state i'll say it as i'll say album. this much for uh radiohead's okay computer it is it is it's probably the de definitive radiohead album like it really made a, it's it's one of those albums of the 90s that's up there i don't argue with that being on there but what i do argue with is like south dakota's uh, number one album is Pavement Slanted and Enchanted, which is, I mean, I don't see South Dakota having that big of an indie scene. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'm getting at. That's, that's exactly it. Like, I think that's a good example. Um, North Dakota's is Wu-Tang's Enter the 36 Chambers. Yeah, so how many people in North Dakota voted on this fucking thing? That's what I'm, what I'm wondering, like, yeah. It's yeah. so weird. So... I went through this whole list and I was like, you, okay, there's, you know, like, all right, number 93. I think we all understand that Bob Dylan is a trend-setting, phenomenal sure. folk artist. When was Bob Dylan's groundbreaking work? The 60s? Yeah, definitely was not during the 90s. 
yeah well bob dylan's whatever 90 album called time out of mind is somehow better than alice in chains dirt like okay sure guy like i mean it's a little bit odd there's in here there's albums that are just kind of i I, i'm like wow i'm just surprised that that hits on that level like it's like you know this this is like seeing really i mean alice in chains dirt i think is an important album that's one of the the albums that really gets the credit for putting the nail in hair metal right yep in their coffin now this equivalent would be putting pulling up this list of the best albums of the 80s seeing slayers rain in blood at number 100 and then seeing at number 93 like one of those horrible coked up black sabbath offerings from the mid 80s that didn't even have ronnie james dio or ozzy osbourne like oh no black sabbath tear is fantastic why are you why are you listening to slayer garbage i don't know this whole list seems pretentious and i kind of looked at it and i was just disgusted with it and i want to forget all about it just fucking ridiculous it's a like, little it's i went a, on a pretty good rant the other day it's a little crazy like uh, i don't know i don't know i don't know but that's what it is it's it's according to pitchfork readers so take that all with a grain of salt but yeah you were all kinds of fired up about that but we yeah. had we had this this kind of went into like another sort of quasi related conversation that happened as we were doing our pre production meeting today, where I had mentioned, um, I had mentioned playing a song for our outro this week. Like every week, we like to have a little bit of fun with the song that we close on, and and I had picked a song that's from the movie Silence of the Lambs. Um, a pinnacle scene of the movie where Wild, uh, the the serial killer Wild Bill is is dancing. He's wearing like a bunch of like silk like scarves and stuff, and he does. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on. Did you say Wild Bill? Yeah, that was Buffalo Bob. Oh, it's it is Buffalo Bill. <laughs> wild, it's not wild, wild Bill. Maybe, maybe Wild Bill of the Hoodlums is, is dancing around. In this. What putting people into fucking caves and shit and having them rub their lotion on their skin? <laughs> Way to go. All right. I'm not going to any more hoodlum events. <laughs> Put on the fucking lotion. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So uh, bu- uh, Buffalo Bill was the uh, where the scene where he's dancing. And then Sean mentioned something. He's like, I've never uh, completed Silence of the Lambs. Like, I've never finished that movie. And he's like, the list of movies that I have not seen will shock you. And I, I don't, I never really like considered myself like a big, like movie guy, but later on in life, like in my early twenties, especially like when I was like, just looking to save money and Netflix was like a thing I would, I would go and I would dive into like a lot of classics and stuff. And that's where I started getting into like other, other types of films, you know, that I watched Like, I remember like watching the deer hunter for the first time and being like, Oh, this is great. I was in my early twenties, you know? Another one, yeah. Um, so he said that this list will will uh, will will shock me, and uh, which which I think I'm I'm kind of interested in because of like he's got a lot of knowledge about the films that he has seen, like One Crazy Summer. I stick with comedies and yeah. sci-fi. Yep, I got gotcha. you. Really, really do. Um, I mean, I've got a top five here. I know we mentioned two of them already. So let me do let me do two more. Yep. And I'll 
I'll think two extremely popular movies I've never seen. That honestly, I say I've never seen that. And Jigheads usually... that are in the chat right now. If you could each list three unbelievably popular movies in the comments too, and we'll see what Sean has to say. Yeah, well, and then let's if I've do, seen them, let, well, let, let's do that list first. Let's compile this quick list. Come yeah. on, Jigheads, you can do this. Yeah, they'll do it. You go ahead and... with what your thought was and let that kind of populate because it'll take a few minutes. All right, and we mentioned I have not seen in, in its entirety. I've seen it like. Like, just like everybody, man, you're flipping through. I mean, this is back in the days of cable. You're flipping through TBS or whatever, and you've yep. seen parts of Silence on the Lambs. Yeah. Um, I've never seen all of Deer Hunter. Um, I actually have never seen any of Deer Hunter, but um, um, God damn it. What's the. Uh, thinking of a movie, I can see the scene of one of the scenes in my mind. Oh, okay, I got it. So I've got four movies that's going to, right now, blow your minds. Blow your minds that I've never seen, and oh, people putting up like porno titles. I've seen all of them, all those, yeah. <laughs> so the assignment was to just list three movies that you think everybody's seen. Like, think about like a handful of movie titles that you think everybody's seen, and we'll see where Sean weighs in on this. And shit, we'll see. We'll see if I've weighed it, weighed in on this as well, because I, I very well may not have seen any any of these. Yeah. So what, when I say, and I developed a term for this a long time ago, I developed a reactionary phrase to help people get through the fact that I've not seen these movies. And usually what happens is when I mention I've not seen this movie, the normal reaction is you haven't seen this movie. Like I, like they've just walked, that would be the, the tone they take. If they walked into the house and I, they would catch me and their grandmother copulating on a couch hey, while pouring sugar like in the gas tank. Yes. Well, yes, well, pouring sugar in each other's gas tanks. <laughs> that's what kind of, that's the kind of reaction. All right. Okay. Go on. All right. Well, I see Ellie jumped in. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about hers. I've seen Temple of Doom. I've seen Back to the Future. I have not seen all of Titanic. Let me add to that to the list. Oh, uh, okay. I, I don't know. I mean, what, what year did Titanic come out? 97? Yeah, I think it was 97. Was it Was it that? <sighs> so I had some shit going on in life. I wasn't watching movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not going to get into what. The um, Indiana Jones Temple of Doom, I actually saw in the theaters. And I was. Oh, okay. When, when that came out? 80, that was 85? 84? 85? Temple of when Doom. Mm, I'll look it up. Go, carry on. So I'll tell you right while you're looking, I'll tell you what happened and that I, why this movie is scarred into my conscious and subconscious. Do you remember the old Rivoli Theater in Chicopee? Oh, I remember. Downtown Center. Chicopee? Yep. Small theater would get second run movies and or late you know late runs. So back in the day, youngsters, a movie would be in the theaters for months, and then when it started getting less popular, it would go to smaller theaters. Yeah. And and the. Uh, when Indiana Jones got to that small theater in my town in, in good old Chigabee, my dad took us. How uh, so? What year did it come out, Bobby? Eighty four. Okay, so I was six or seven years old. I think it was six, and that was a what PG thirteen or yeah. it was a PG thirteen movie because of the violence, right? Yep. I think that's when they started rating them. And I had nightmares about the fucking cave of bugs for years. Oh yeah, dude. Oh, here years. we go. We got other lists coming in here. So we got all right. Uh, let's get to Vidal. Vidal. Vidal's got Red Dragon, which 
is a in that nope. Silence of the Lambs Hannibal Lecter world. Great. Oh my god, that whole fucking series is so good. And then these two, I feel like if you've seen one, you probably have like lent a little bit on the other. The Mask and Ace Ventura. Seen them both. Okay. The Mask, the Mask, you know, is a comic book movie, so I saw that. I got on top of comic book movies whenever they came out. Really the only 90s comic book movie I didn't see was Tank Girl. That was too underground for even me. Yeah. And we got Christy. Red Dragon. Uh, is that the one that uh, Ray Liotta is in? Is is Ray Liotta in, in Red Dragon? Uh, I'm not sure if it is. <laughs> no idea. Let's get to let's get to Chrissy. Get to Chrissy. Bobby, read me those. Give me a pause in between each. Office Space. Have seen it. Love it. Seen it a million Great times. Movie. Gonna watch it again. Yep. Talladega Nights. Never. Never. And what about Grandma's Boy? Uh, who's in that? I have not. Not that off the top of my head. Adam Sandler. Grandma's Boy. No. I've seen a lot of Adam Sandler's movies, but never that one. Grandma's Boy. All right. Well, if I'll give, I I think that's, we got a couple selections here. You ready for the surprises? Yeah. Surprises. Hit me with some funny shit. I'm going to leave this big one for last because you're really going to shit yourself over this one. But I have a build just for you, okay? I have never seen... Apocalypse Now. Okay. Really? Grandma's Boy? Uh, I have never was, seen... Was, you've never seen Apocalypse Now? Not all of it, no. Bits and Pieces, again, if it's oh, on TBS, so TNT, whatever, never seen it all. Um, I've never seen all of Goodfellas. <gasps> never seen it? So you don't know how it ends? I mean, you probably can figure uh, no, out how it ends, I don't think but... So. Like, there's like a whole fucking thing with Henry Hill getting chased by a, a a helicopter. And like, when my anxiety is fucking bad, that's immediately what I think of <laughs> is like that scene. Okay. Like, he's running errands. He's never... calling his brother to keep stirring the fucking sauce. Michael, stir the fucking sauce. <laughs> <laughs> well, the next two. Well, 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 hold on. These are the ones we got to hold the brakes here. Uh, Elise has told me uh, in other discussions how much of a fan she is of Ray Liotta. Like, she was really affected when he passed away. Um, And she says, I've never seen all of Goodfellas either. My God. Oh, my God. So go on. Go on, Sean, with your list. So that's more surprising for her being a fan of Ray Liotta. Yeah, absolutely. I'm shocked by that. All right, Vidal just popped in with all of the Death Wish movies by Char- with Charles Bronson. I've never seen any of them. Correct. Never seen, never seen a goddamn one. All right, so the next two are the ones that I get the reactions from. Of you've never seen that, especially from our generation. Um, really, our guy, people our age are a little bit younger. Yep. I have never seen Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, look at the look on your face. I know. You've never seen Reservoir Dogs? There I am, pounding grandma. No, I have not. Pouring the sugar. (laughs) (sighs) You know you were getting ready to say it. It's true. And my God. The other one, yeah, the other one that I've never seen, this is even worse. This one gets more reactions than not because this one is not just a, you know, an act. I guess what? Reservoir Dogs is more of an action thriller type thing. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I've never seen Pulp Fiction. You know what? I've seen Pulp Fiction many times. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> like, okay. Well, it's, I'm just it's, saying. It's not my it's... favorite movie from from Tarantino. Uh, 
you know? Um, it's good, but it's not my favorite. I know I can say I have a favorite Tarantino yeah. movie because I love Dust Till Dawn. I think it's one oh, of the best vampire Dawn. movies ever made. That's a good it's it that's yeah. a fun movie. It really is. Ellie's uh Ellie's firing a couple at me. I have seen Point Break and I have seen Boogie Nights. Yeah. Boogie Nights. Yep. You have to I mean, see Boogie fuck, Nights. It's not gonna watch yeah, you have to see Boogie that's Nights. That's what I'm saying. All right, Bobby. I want you you're sitting down. I want you to make sure you're relaxed. <sighs> I'm calm. I'm actually make sure I'm that, drinking my calm yeah. water. Drink your calm water. Just make sure there's none in your mouth when I tell you this. So you're taking a sip. We're gonna wait. Take a deep breath, Bobby, and okay. understand that I have never seen any of the Godfather movies. Really? Like even Not just out of curiosity? No, nah, I just don't care. It's not my gig, man. It's not <clears> my gig. Chrissy fishing. You can skip Tommy the third Boy, one. Yes. Yes, I have. Yeah. That was it. I, I, I've heard one and two are fantastic, but uh, yeah, I know, and then so I could follow that up with yes, I have seen Tommy Boy, fantastic. <laughs> you know, fucking, I haven't watched Godfather, but I am familiar with Tommy Boy. Uh, have yes. you seen The Money Pit? Of course, eighties. <laughs> I mean, eighties comedies in particular. Eighties comedies because we had a uh, we had a the movie. You know, the old the TMC. We had a movie channel. Um, oh subscription. yeah. In the 80s, so I got to see all, like, the comedies were just rolling one after the other on the movie channel. How about Poltergeist? I've seen the Craig Nelson one. Is that Poltergeist or Poltergeist 2? That's that's Poltergeist. Okay, so I've seen that one. Yeah. Um, Ellie's asking about Weekend and Bernie's 1 and 2. I, I've seen one a million times. I think I saw two, and I'm like, they're doing this again. I did watch it, though. I just, I have no memory. It of just it. doesn't you make any mean? sense, because you're like... We we did this before, guys. <laughs> They're we get the drum ready, Bobby. They're beating a dead horse. <laughs> uh, so there you go. There's some surprise. There's some wow, surprises. I, I, again, over the years, it's been you haven't seen fill in the blank, and it's literally like I've sexually assaulted someone in front of them. It's just horrible. It's it's no, crazy. I haven't. I Why are you asking me that way, asshole? I understand how how people get so like fired up with films um that they care about like they just put so much into them you know what i mean like as far as the uh like they it becomes a part of their identity almost you know what i mean like the way i reacted when you said reservoir dogs the, the reservoir dogs is my favorite tarantino film hands down it's so it's yeah. just it's so good it just hits on so many different levels i could watch that over and over but i have like a short list of movies that i will watch every year no matter what and they're like stand by me the shawshank redemption um goodfellas is on that one uh and there's a there's a handful of others that like every year i'm just like oh yeah let's let's do it i don't think i've watched stand by me in its entirety since i watched it in the theaters <sighs> you know that was what 89 88 87 oh, somewhere around wherever man. that whatever that 88 maybe yeah i think i was in i think we were in junior high school when that came out yeah um, something like that my was, my God, that my, my list that i run through every year is um yeah ellie puts up christmas vacation obviously christmas movies i watch every That's year with, different. with the kids yeah. and the wife we have we have a good time with that but usually to get primed for summer when i go to cape cod or whatever i yep. do watch jaws and then i follow it with one crazy summer yeah you need like to. you have to it's got it's it's a palate cleanser and it's insane. Um, aside from aside from that, man, movies I watch. 
I swear to God, it's almost all Godzilla movies. <laughs> yes, I, I'm not joking. But there's nothing like if I'm sitting wrong down with that, you know, that's a. I think that's yeah, a good like, thing, you know. Dude, I mean, on Channel 38 in Boston, when we were kids, when we were growing up, oh yeah, Channel 38 used to do the monster movie marathon on Thanksgiving, and my grandfather would always put it on, knowing that I loved to watch it, you know. So I always associate Godzilla movies with fucking Thanksgiving, which is weird, but whatever. Harry, um, Ellie's asking about the Harry Potters. I did watch all the Harry Potter movies. I actually read all the books, and uh, my kids really got in. I stopped going to the theaters for them after the third one. My wife and I were watching them. It was like, okay, whatever. And I did read the books. They just drifted too far away from the books. And, um, yeah, we, we eventually watched. My kids got the DVDs, so I watched them with them. Um, Chrissy, yep. The Guardian, no idea. Perfect Storm, no. Under I did see Under Siege. I mean, I have to admit that Seagal violence is particularly growing up in the our, eye. Yeah. Growing up in our generation, you needed yeah. to watch a certain quota of Seagal movies, you know, marked for Seagal, death Van, Van, and Van Dam. And Van yeah. Dam. Yep. We like, we all know like people that lived through the eighties and nineties know what a fucking Kumite is. Youngsters nowadays, they don't know what a Kumite no is. No fucking idea. No fucking you know, idea. I, I, it used to be, it used to be fun to, to say, Hey, you two, you guys are having some issues. Kumite, <laughs> solve it. <laughs> you know, like fucking, how many Kumites did we have at Bernie's, Bobby? I mean, I don't know how we're all still walking. I know. <laughs> fucking Vidal says Forrest Gump. Seen Forrest Gump. Yep. Um, did you see Schindler's upset List? It's something I haven't seen. The Guardian. What's the Guardian? I, I don't Who's remember what the Guardian is. I don't think. Let's look it up. The Guardian. Guardian. Is that like a sci-fi fantasy movie? Some shit? The Guardian, 2006. Action adventure drama. Yeah. Uh, oh, stars Ashton Kutcher. It's probably yeah, why no. I haven't seen it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm okay with that. No, I haven't seen The Perfect Storm either, Chrissy. Nope. Perfect Storm's a good a good movie. Yeah, I think you'd enjoy that. You know? There's so many references I think you could take for that for like rough conditions in the kayak you know what i mean okay <laughs> like i i think i think it would be you'd probably really enjoy that um i feel bad i i think i blew chrissy's mind here she's very upset i haven't she seen is, this movie she's shocked like this comment she put emojis up, this emoji she's like oh <laughs> what is wrong with best these guys? kevin costner best kevin costner movie bobby what what's yours dances with wolves I, I might have to agree with that. And yeah. I just read up about Dances with Wolves too. Um, I, you know, um, I would say Kevin Costner. I would say that either Dances with Wolves or um, oh shit, what movie am I thinking of? Um, the Bodyguard. No, but no, not the Bodyguard. <laughs> Although I would, you know what? I, I have to. I I have to. Um, I have to say that. That Robin Hood movie that he was in in the early nineties. Oh, I'm not yes. Gonna, I'm not. I'm not going to shit on it. Yeah, I mean, it just you know what but it was. It wasn't our thing. Uh, look at that. That movie played at the Rivoli when I was in high school and started. You know, and I discovered women. So I did take. You, you know, my first girlfriend. I think that, that movie. That's what, yeah. that, for us, that's what that movie was for. Not for you know what I'm saying. Oh, Waterworld. Yeah. I don't know. Waterworld. Waterworld is not a good I, movie. I, I didn't see the whole thing. I saw bits and pieces, but 
I'm good. I went to Florida and saw the Waterworld attraction. It was a pile of shit. So yeah. I'm guessing the movie was right up there with it. Um, oh, no, Field of Dreams. Another movie where Field, Field of, Dreams. of Dreams. That's is a obviously great a classic. Movie. Yeah. No, there's another movie I'm thinking of where it's it's set in the 50s and Kevin uh, Kevin Costner is wearing glasses the whole movie and he's really uptight. I can't remember if he's a government government official or not. What the fuck am I thinking of? Hmm. Kevin Costner movie set in the 50s. Vidal sixties. Eddie Murphy movies. I mean, Eddie, so, I mean, wow. Eddie Murphy, obviously one of the greatest Christmas movies Eddie Murphy stars in that is definitely not safe for our current. <laughs> not know, at all. Our, our current environment is, uh, is trading places. Um, so good. That is definitely an eighties movie before, you know, before <laughs> PC things came in to our world. And, it's got a lot of funny parts, but it's got a lot of fucking inappropriate Ellie go- shit. Ellie's going for the love of the game, the highwaymen. She's a fan. She's just rolling through some Costner. She is. We had no idea. Oh, I knew. Yeah. I, I knew. Yeah, she's got a, a, a list of, of of Hollywood types. JFK. Was JFK. Oh, that could have been it. That could have been it. He wore glasses well, that I, whole I, movie. Not, I know, but it's not. It's not. Doesn't feel right to say JFK. It was something else. Uh, I don't know, I, whatever. I'm, I'm, you know. I fapped to Coster Weekly. All right. Good. Again, you see this face? Ha- this face is not shocked at all. <laughs> at all, Ellie. At all. All right. <laughs> yeah, I would go Dances with Wolves. I was just reading up on yeah. Dances with Wolves or or um, Field of Dreams. I mean, Field of Dreams, he's perfect in. Field of Dreams is really, really good. Like... Yeah, uh, it, it's really good. But Dances with Wolves, for some reason, like I, I just enjoy that film. You know? Yeah. I mean, I don't fap with, to with it my, like uh, Ellie might. Yet, <laughs> with uh, with my my sci-fi and comedy leanings. Yep. The when I can find a movie that combines combines both and hits a home run with it, mm. I mean, that's why I have such a soft spot for Tremors. It's so funny you mentioned Tremors, man, because we had, who was it on my Instagram feed today? It was, I, I saw someone this week post that they were watching Tremors and they are not of the generation that would appreciate Tremors, but I'm so glad that that follows over. Cause I feel like what a, what a fun, like sci-fi horror movie. You know what I mean? It's just so fun. And, yeah. And y- and really, one of the things that makes it so good, aside from Costner or Costner, God damn it! Now I'm Kevin Bacon. Costner. Kevin, one of what makes it so good, aside from Kevin Bacon's performance, because he delivers simply the best "fuck you" in the history of cinema. Oh yeah, the history. I mean, it's the best, the best delivery of that fucking phrase ever. And if you haven't watched Tremors, go watch it. But the the big thing is with um. Uh, what's his name? Michael uh, Michael Gross. Was it Michael Gross? It was Michael Gross. He was a father on Family Ties for years. So yep. we grew up in the 80s. And, and in the early 80s and mid-80s, Family Ties was such an incredibly popular show with Michael J. Fox and Michael Gross and uh, Justine Bateman. And don't and, forget the the, uh, uh, the the infamous Meredith, Meredith Baxter Burney. Yeah. Meredith Baxter Burney. And it wasn't the younger sister, Tina Yothers? That was Tina Yothers. Yes. Yeah, so you had an all-star cast. Welcome to our fishing podcast, guys. I know, I know, and that show went on for fucking years. We, it's, it's fucking. We have entered the cold zone where we talk about anything. Um, 
that show went on for years, but Michael Gross got typecast as that aging hippie. Yeah, he definitely did. 1960s dad living the contrast to Michael J. Fox's, you know, super Ronnie Reagan Republican, mm-hmm. you know, character. And the next thing you know, Michael Gross is in Tremors and he's fucking his gun wielding Arizona oh, survivalist. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking great. And he's talking shit to the aliens or whatever they are. It was phenomenal. And so we grew up with that and that made it even funnier. So the context is not there for newer generations that discover Tremors. Yeah. But then the funny thing is we were talking about this. I was talking about this with a younger guy at work and um, he, uh, he, was like, what should I get for my brother for Christmas? And I'm like, what are you trying to do? Like a gag gift? He goes, yeah. He goes, I think I'm going to get him the Tremors box set. It's like Tremors one through seven. I go, what? I didn't, I knew there were three and then there yeah. were like sci-fi ones on sci-fi channel. But dude, there's one where they grow chicken legs and they start farting to fly. It's amazing. And <laughs> Michael Gross is in every one. Yeah. It's, it's fucking phenomenal. You know what? Uh, Let me look up at the name of that. <laughs> It's oh. fucking great. They they went from you know like um, in the movie in the original that again is uh, let me see it's got a name for this box set. I want to find out what the name is real quick. Uh, complete collection. Oh, I thought it was the you no know, four of them. There's one called the Attack Pack, but there was something. One of them had a funny name to it, like the. I don't know where more was. Hang on. No, I can't find it. Either I gotta way. play this. I gotta like play the box. this. I hope there's no commercial on this. Dial pads. Oh, shut up. All right, I'm gonna let this. <laughs> now we're now we're playing commercials. We are <laughs> fucking bored, and it's not even fucking November. <laughs> I know. Oh, here we go. Something moved over behind the fence. Breaker? No more is not. Mexico and Argentina, we killed them before they lived more than about 12 hours. This is what happens when you don't? So what, they just keep mutating like it's like a virus? I have no idea! Hey, look! That son of a gun's got the same heat sensor. <laughs> Tracking us. <laughs> it's not smart to track Burke. I just want to see it fart. What's it doing now? Hey! <laughs> <What>? <laughs> it does fart! <laughs> oh my god, dude. Okay. Michael Gross lighting it up with his arsenal. It's awesome, dude. I told you they fucking they grew wings oh. and they fart fire, fart <laughs> or whatever. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, look, I, I told you when I was out with my brother yep. last week, right? We had done some some closeout store shopping, and there was an item that was a snake. All right. Mm-hmm. And we still to this day call anything that has to do with a snake. We saw like from the first one. You remember the dude? Uh, what was the uh, the guy who owned the the grocery store? Was it Wang? What was his name? Yes, I think it was. I think it was. Of course, they named him Wang. Why not? Um, 
and Wang, they're, they're, Kevin Bacon is detailing the danger they're all in for being in the town. He's like, well, let's give him a name. Yeah, let's call him Snakeoids. And Wang just goes from the corner. He goes, how about Graboids? <laughs> so we call anything that has to do with a snake, Snakeoids or Graboids. It's been fucking 25 years. We can't stop. I don't so. know no snakes. <laughs> oh, God. Graboids. Oh, God. All right. We got some more here. No idea what Hidden Figures is. Uh, Untouchables. I think I saw once. Shawshank Redemption. Obviously, everyone in the world mm-hmm. has seen a million times. Um, I don't know. I think so that's good. it. I think we, we've 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 blown up. I've blown up the internet here that I've not seen all these movies because I'm old and I don't give a shit. <sighs> but every itineration of Godzilla that comes out, I watch all of them. Yeah, I mean everybody's like got their thing. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's got their yeah. thing. For you, it's Godzilla movies. For Ellie, it's fapping the Costner stuff. It's I get it. It's okay. For 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 apparently for Chrissy, it's watching. Fartoids. Fartoids, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Fartoids. <laughs> I'm definitely I'm definitely definitely gonna be uh taking a deep dive into the, the Tremors collection and and, and watching oh. those. Yeah, that's got Should, to happen. Maybe maybe you know what? Why don't we do this? That Tremors attack pack or whatever it is, it's all seven movies. Yep. Let's both get it because I think it re- retails for about six dollars. Yeah. Let's both get it. And then we'll we'll watch these movies. And review them over the winter. It'll be the winter of tremors. It'll be the winter of tremors. Winter tremors. Jigs and bigs. So to- winter tremors. Oh, okay. <laughs> Bobby likes farts, not Chrissy. According to Chrissy, she's defending herself. I. Uh- <laughs> oh, oh, but she's also outing herself that she apparently loves Costner as well. I don't know that she loves Costner as That's much a- as Ellie does. But and and Chrissy, uh, yes, Bobby does like farts. Uh, farts are hilarious. Um, and I know that Ellie will also get my back on this and say that farts are amaris- uh, amazing. In fact, there she said, I love anything farty. And she loves tremors. There you go. Fart tremors. Um, Fart chicken tremors. <laughs> the, uh, the follow-up to that story I told about that coworker is, after I left that job, all right, we did keep in touch a little bit. And then one day for my birthday, I got an unmarked package in the mail from Amazon. It was unaddressed. And it was a baby metal CD. Are you familiar with baby oh metal? Oh my god, yes. We had a discussion about that, and I knew exactly where it came from. And I sent him a text. Ha ha! Thanks, got it. Smiled, sent a picture. Yep. And that Christmas, he got the Tremors attack back. <laughs> That's awesome. That's the way to do it, man. Payback's a bit. That's the way to do it. <laughs> Tremor farts. I love it. I love Tremor farts. Oh, the Tremor farts. There he we does. go. Tremor farts. So now we we all got to learn about Tremor farts and. Uh, <laughs> Are we still a fishing show? What happened here? I know. This took took a very, very odd turn. We went from talking about dick grinders to fucking talking about fart tremors. My God. Uh, Vidal? Vidal's giving spoilers. I knew that. Bobby didn't. Vidal, behave yourself. <laughs> we'll dive in. It'll be okay. It'll be all right. At this point, you know, I mean, I'm too old to get upset about spoilers. You know? Spoiler. Yeah. Ellie just typed something absolutely disgusting and par for the course. Ka-ching. Ka-ching. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead. We'll wrap this segment up, guys. Uh, in segment two, we actually have some good stuff for you guys. We got uh, a Just the Tip segment this week. We've also got uh, another uh, cliche rearing its ugly head and fuck that guy. We got uh, some some tournament info for you guys as well. It's in our bait of the week. Um, we're talking about like some versatility. Versatility is a good thing, and this kind of ties in with my little gear review sort of that I had gone out this week to try to test out. So we'll talk more about that and bait of the week and everything. We'll see you guys right after this. Don't go too far. 
Jigs and Bigs wants to take a moment to say thank you to our partners for helping us continue to push the limits of our fishing adventures and bring you amazing long-form content. We want to thank Old Glory Outdoors in East Brookfield, Massachusetts. Old Glory has an amazing selection of fishing tackle, including Six Cents, Guggenbaits, X-Zone Lures, Shimano, Daiwa, Luz, 13 Fishing, Arc Rods, and many more. Use promo code JIGSANDBIGS at OldGloryOutdoors.com and in-store to save yourself some money and support the show. For all your premium kayak needs, we partner with Three Bells Outfitters. Located along Smith Cove in Niantic, Connecticut, Three Bells is your go-to location for kayaks and accessories from Hobie, Native, Bonafide, Jackson, Yak Attack, Nakwa, Boondocks, Burley Pro, and many more. Financing options are available to upgrade you and your kayak fishing experience. White Glove Delivery Service is also available. Visit 3bellsoutfitters.com for more info and don't forget to tell them that Jigs and Bigs sent you. When it comes to high quality polarized sunglasses, we've partnered with Torej. They provide stylish sunglasses in a variety of frames that are light and fit comfortably on your face. The polarization cuts glare and allows you to see the whole picture, helping you identify what's below the water's surface. They have a 60-day risk-free trial, lifetime warranty, and free shipping. Plus, you can save yourself 10% with the code JIGSANDBIGS10 at checkout. Visit Torej.com to check out their selection. That's www.toreg.com. Again, we cannot thank our partners enough for their support. Please consider supporting them and supporting the show in the same process. Thanks. Bobby and Sean now have a special presentation for us all. They'd like to give everyone just the tip. You know, it's getting to be about that time of year where you can't just kind of jump out on the water on your little plastic boat and, you know, at the spur of the Fap moment. The you can't just go out fapping a Costner any day of the week now. It's too cold. It's too cold. <laughs> it's, it's, it is. It's getting there. I mean, the water temps I saw last week were about 55, 56. And, uh, I mean, every single week that goes by, they're just going to get lower and lower and lower. And, I mean, you add any, you know, cold precipitation in there, and it's just going to help the situation or, or help the situation move move uh, downward on the, on the thermometer that much faster. So with that, there's a couple of things that uh, – that you can do to kind of protect yourself, um, to go out there and be set up. Um, and, you know, sometimes these things require you getting into some specialized equipment, but that's what's required to ensure your safety uh, if you want to get this uh, extended season like some people are looking for. So, Sean, why don't you go ahead and dive in? We've talked about this before, but there's, there's lots of stuff, and it's definitely something we want to remind people of. Yep, here comes the broken record. So it's time for dress. Time to dress for the weather, folks. We're up in New England here. Um, obviously, not every part of New England. I'm sure the southern parts of Connecticut might be a little better off right now. But sure. for the most part, the fresh fresh water is getting towards the mid and low 50s. And then on top of that, daytimes aren't heating up like they used to. We're not getting up to that 120. So if no. we go by the rule of 120, which again is a good rule of thumb. If you go by your rule of 120, which is air temperature plus water temperature, 
if it equals or is less than 120, you have to be prepared to really, I mean, keep yourself alive if you go into the water. Yeah. Right? It, it becomes sketchy. There's a lot of ways. After that 120 number, yeah. once you start it's, dropping. It's, dang- it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some things you can do to mitigate these risks. Number one, you can wear a dry suit. You can wear a wet suit. All right. You can wear neoprene. Um, I mean, there's 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 so many items out there that you can wear now. But I mean, obviously, the two big ones are wetsuit and dry suit. Yeah. Um, but there's so many undergarments that will protect you if you go into the water. I, as we know, am an advocate for a wetsuit. I have not bought a dry suit mm-hmm. um, due to price, but I'm an advocate for a wetsuit because even though in Massachusetts, we have to wear that <clears throat> that PFD from September 15th through May 15th by law out on the water. Yeah. Um, you will float in a wetsuit. Yep. If you go in the water, so it'll keep you alive, and you'll be able to 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 you know get back to safety and and keep yourself alive. Um, wearing a dry suit. I believe we talked about this with Jeff Little, and really the yeah. difference was, um, if you're looking to continue fishing, if you're in a major big money tournament, you can't leave the water. A dry suit would be better for you. Yeah. If, if you're out fishing and you don't have anything on the line and you don't want to put your life on the line, a wetsuit, get in and out of the water quickly, and you should be okay. Again, we've said I think, this before. I think he worded it where he said, a wetsuit will keep you alive, but it's going to end your fishing day. A dry yes. suit will keep you alive, and you'll still be able to fish. Yep, and I don't know what... Um, I, I'm not familiar with garments to wear underneath the dry suit. Do you wear anything? I mean, you must be wearing at least like a base layer. I would yeah, think, right? I, I think under under a, uh, a a dry suit, you generally wear a base and, and maybe even a mid layer, depending on your tolerance to the temperature. Because a lot of the dry stuff, and there are varying like levels. Like you you see some dry suits where it's like there's almost like a gasket that goes around your neck, and there'll be yeah. a, a zipper that's diagonal this way, and then there's also like. I've heard I've heard Chad Hoover say this before, where it's it's a dry suit, or I should say, it's like a, a poor man's dry suit, where uh, he's talked about various like NRS products and pairings that you can do, where you'll have um, the, the, like a, a booty that you'll wear with, that will partner with a specific pair of outer layer pants that you'll put on, you know, a base layer or something. So you can get yep. that layer and then you'll put that on and then a jacket that will go over like a little bit longer, like a, almost like a parka style. But um, you'll see yep. some of these will have like almost like a traction on the inside to hold, to create like a, a gasket around that midsection. It's not going to keep you dry, but it will keep you drier should you end up in the water. Um, yep. You know, and I mean, between the ideas between that and a PFD, you then, you know, at least have a shot to continue doing what you're doing. But I, from the way it sounds, even like what what Chad has has mentioned before, because I've I've looked into this before. My biggest issue with dry suits and wetsuits is sizing. You know, I yeah. am I am a very very odd pairing of short and fat, and it makes it really tough. So. I personally, I would love some suggestions, you know, but for me, once that water gets a little bit too cold where I'm just trying to avoid getting wet, even not even falling in, like I'm not even necessarily thinking about that. At that point, I'm just getting to the bank and in survival mode, like we'll figure that out. And this is also where it helps to go where you're very comfortable, stay near the bank, 
you know, stay safe so that if you have to, you're not, you know, in over your head or whatever. You can get to the bank and get out, you know, and get ideally get dry. Um, but, you know, I, I wonder if there's any decent suggestions out there for items that 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 would work out that for for pairing because i've heard some folks will talk about oh yeah just use you know a pair of like chest waders or something and i've heard that i've heard both sides of it that is a good idea and a bad idea you know i've heard that that you know and i don't think that's something you want to play with i think it depends on the type of chest waders because i have chest waders that are neoprene yeah so it, it they're not going to you know, they're, they're so tight to my body, they're not going to be uh, really dumping water in. But if you wear, what are they, vinyl or canvas or whatever the fuck they are. Yeah, vinyl usually is not, what they are, something like yeah, that. That might ones. not be the greatest idea because that's mm-hmm. just a bucket and you're going to sink. I mean, the nice thing about the wetsuits, the added bonus is they will keep you afloat. But if, if you, for whatever reason, go unconscious in the water... They're not going to keep yeah. your head above water. You're going to float, but you might be face down. Face in the down, water. and that might not help you. That won't so help you at all. That adds the added PFD. Yep. That should flip you over. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, but either way, like if you're going to continue to go out and fish, please, please, please dress for the weather. Dress to keep yourself alive. Yep. We talk about this constantly. Um, you know, PFDs aside. The two things that I always, or the 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 other thing I see besides lack of PFD use is yeah. people not dressing for the weather. So water that I know is in the 40s or 50s, and you see people on recreational kayaks wearing jeans. Yep, fucking jeans because it's nice out. It may be 60 degrees out. Yeah, after a long winter, 60 degrees feels like 80. Yeah, you know, especially in New England, you see, you know, I wear oh, it shorts happens all the time, man. Almost, yeah, I wear shorts down to about 40, and I start wearing them again at 40, 45 degrees. Mm-hmm. I just legs are my legs are fucking i have goddamn ostrich legs they just they don't get cold but when you if if you were to go walking into the lake in your backyard and come out in that 40 or 45 degree water in shorts you would not be a happy camper <laughs> like you know oh, no I mean? no there's a difference between exactly. the air temperature and that's that's what we're getting at here is like you got to keep yourself dry so to add to that like if you're gonna go out and be a little bit more reckless with what you're doing just say no to cotton. Like, yeah. like, and also like, if you're talking about a just being warm kind of situation, synthetic or like, you know, like a wool, like a merino wool uh, base layer is going to help keep any moisture off of your body, which is going to keep your core temperature up. And you'll be able to stay, you'll be able to keep your body heat versus, you know, you wear like this hoodie is primarily cotton, you know, and uh, you know how, how I said earlier in the show, I said, I said, oh, you know, it was raining. I don't like to go out and that kind of stuff. Generally, when I'm going out, that's what I'm wearing is like a hoodie. I have a synthetic base layer underneath it, but I don't want to, this to fill up with water. <laughs> Once it does, it's going to get really uncomfortable really, really quick. Yep, and then, you know, pairing that, too, with neoprene, if yeah. you're wearing, like, a wetsuit, that traps your moisture, heats it up, and yeah. you're you're your own fucking heater. So, I mean, it's this is something I think it's good to talk about at least twice a year. Yeah, exactly. Right now, when it gets, when we dip under 120, and then, you know, in the time that, after, between ice out and over 120 is two good times to remind her. So, you'll hear from us again. We just... Look, I mean, we saw, I don't know if you saw the news, Bobby, recently, but there was a kayaker, apparently, that his boat was found. He was not. Guy from our area went up to New York. It was in the news recently. Oh, really? Um, I've been kind of paying attention to it, but I, I haven't heard any details. I don't know if what he was wearing. Yeah. I don't know 
if he had a PFD, I don't know anything, but I see stories like that. And that's the first thing I think of is, was he wearing a PFD and was he wearing proper gear so that he didn't get hypothermia and, and pass away? You remember, I think it was, um, it was, it wasn't last spring. I think it was last fall actually, where we had talked about somebody recently who died in a body water who was wearing the right equipment. And like, it's, that's the thing. It's not a sure thing. You know, yeah. I don't know what the situation was. I, I forget what it was with him. If it was uh, equipment failure or something, or like I something thought it was on. a heart related. It was an older guy. It yeah, it was. It was an older guy, yeah, but he yeah. he was he was prepared the right way. And like even even yep. still, like you got to be careful. You know, among yep. among everything. You know. Yep. The least the least we can do to not only the people. I mean, obviously the people that are listening to this. Hopefully they're listening mm-hmm. to this and taking heed. But um. I mean, I just, there's, there's ways to go and there's ways not to go yep. and, you know, something you can prevent. It just, it just avoids a tragedy. Yeah. So I hope everyone who's listening to this, if you know anybody who's going out and risking themselves in this way, I mean, you're not an just, asshole. If you tell them, Hey man, yeah. do the right thing, you know, go out and yeah. be prepared. Exactly. So that's, um, I think that's it for the tip. We'll, yep. we'll be we'll, we'll we'll hear from that again in the spring after ice out. But um, oh for sure. Let's go to let's go back to cliche land. Well, I'm gonna need my phone for this one. Um, we this this just happened last night. Um, and we've had this conversation before about cliches, uh, and, and I had, uh, well, I'm just going to go ahead and, and, and run through this almost verbatim. Um, so I had, uh, last night I had gotten home from my event. Everything is great. And I get, uh, I get, get back in the house and I'm hanging out with my wife and, you know, we're, we're chilling with the dogs and, and I get a, a DM and it says, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and read it. It says, uh, hi, my name's Brett, and I'm a high school angler from such and such high school in such and such state. Uh, I'm in need uh, for team sponsors since we got a new coach and lost a good amount of our sponsors. So I respond, and initially, I had been on a tear for a while where I would just delete these and block that user and leave it alone because it's obviously this is a person that is just not understanding there's there's a certain way to do this. Um, and, you know, and, and number one is being aware of who it is that you're talking to. Like, what do they do? So I write and I, I write back to him and I said, this this was was the, what was different. I had decided I was going to kind of jump in here and, and, and get down to it and, and, and ask some questions. So I go, hi, Brett. Thanks for reaching out. It's too bad about your old coach, even worse about your sponsors. Let me ask, how does sponsorship work with your high school team? As a podcast that literally puts out no tangible products, um, we can't really offer you product. So how can we help? On the flip side, let's say that there's something that we that you do need that we can help with. What can we expect in return? I said, shoot me some more details so we can figure out how this all makes sense and uh, and could actually be beneficial to everyone. Thanks. So he responds by saying, for high school sponsorship, ships is kind of a mess reading it. He goes, for high school sponsorship ships, it's 300 or more dollar dollar donation and the money help pay for travel expenses for the whole team and sponsors go on our jerseys and R is spelled A-R-E. Um, I said, okay. 
How if many you're spelling R jerseys with A R E? Yeah. You might need to spend a little more time in class. Yeah, no, I was okay. thinking the exact same thing. Uh, uh, I go. So, how many spectators are there for these tournaments? Is there a way in where people might see these jerseys? Are is there any team social media that can provide visibility for sponsors' logos at the tournaments? There is anywhere for 100 to 250 boats, and at weigh-in, you can see the sponsors on the jersey. What fucking high school has tournaments that are 150 yeah. fucking boats? Yeah, I think that that's bullshit. I don't agree that that's... I think that that is absolute horseshit. So he goes, so... The eyes on the jerseys are the other tournament anglers, question mark. I'm just trying to see how that visibility can actually help us uh, grow our audience. Keep in mind, we don't have a product that anyone can buy. We are a podcast. He says, tournament angler, boat captains, and the people at weigh-ins. How many people are typically at the weigh-in? He says 60 to 80. I said, we'll be in touch if we think this will work for us. Clearly, we're not going to be in touch because I don't think that this would work for us. Um, it's basically uh, they're asking for a $300 donation really is what it gets down to, which is awesome. But that's again, I, I almost worded my reply to this this kid to educate him. How familiar are you with the underwear gnomes? <laughs> I seriously almost wrote that, and I was like, "No, no, I don't think the, my, that that sarcasm or anything is gonna. Yeah, I think it's gonna get lost on him. He's not gonna understand this." So I was like, "Basically, we'll be in touch and try and figure it out." Here's the deal, guys: when you're asking anybody, and I'm I'm not saying this as like somebody who's just fed up with dealing with sponsorships. That's separate. Like we're a podcast. I we have nothing to give you, and if we were going to sponsor anything it would probably be a team nearby to us where the majority of our listeners are are around you know um and we could also have some some type of like actual like involvement with that team you know at the events we can't go out to state state such and such and go to all their tournaments you know, and set up a table and promote or whatever, you know, there's nothing like there's, there's nothing for us to work. We're basically just handing over money. Like, cool. Put us on your jerseys. We wouldn't even necessarily know if our logo was on the jerseys. You know, it doesn't make any, any sense. So here's the deal. I I'm sure what, what's happening is that the new coach is like, shit, we need sponsors. Uh, you guys are all young. That means you're obviously experts in social media. Reach out to everybody you can and get whatever sponsors you can. Because we have to pay for travel. We have to pay for this. And I get that. You got to pay for a lot of different shit. But it would be more effective for you guys to do that to sell fucking candy bars. Yeah. Fact. And you know, it's... <sighs> like, like I can't. I, I'm not gonna. This kid obviously doesn't know what we do. Yeah. All right. He no, doesn't he doesn't. Anything, he's but. just he sees a fishing logo or something and just assumes like, yeah, they'll sponsor. Why not? You know. But I, I think you and I have we're we're on we're eye to eye. We yeah. you and I see eye to eye on this that this whole podcast, what we do, we are enjoying doing this. All right. Yes. This isn't. This podcast doesn't pay anything. Yep. We're lucky that we were able to take a listener out after two years for fucking a meal at max. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Like, and we buy stickers. Like I try to fucking really like go out. Like anybody can go out and do this. 
go out to your local print place and just ask, say, hey, I need some good vinyl stickers that are what? What are our stickers? Four inches by four inches across? Yeah, I think they're a four-inch round sticker. Yeah, just get a price on them yeah. and then start doing math with what you know um, you know, about our show. We're not we're not selling a ton of stuff. Yeah. We do have merch, but how much money have we, we you know our, our we had some previous merch issues that um well we didn't see a lot from. Yeah, exactly. And Nothing actually. Didn't make just, a dime on. Let's yeah, exactly. Well, mm -hmm. I was being polite about it, but that's yeah. the truth of the matter. <laughs> and um we put a lot of work into that. So Bobby and I, this is, I mean, dude, this is our passion. Mm -hmm. Like we like doing this. Yeah. It's a hobby, a hobby you don't make a lot of money from. It's just like my fishing hobby. Yeah. If I can go out and win a tournament, that's great. But I don't control so many of the variables. It's not a job to go out and fish and catch, catch fish for money. Right. Yeah. It's, it's gambling. It really, really is. Yep. And I do it, and I, I guess I'm okay at it. I mean, I can control some variables. But just like the other day, I thought I had a really good chance at winning some money. Yep. I thought I was going to walk away, and and I'd have a few bucks. And I did have a couple bucks, but not anywhere near what I thought because I can't control the variables to those yep. fish shutting their mouths at 10 o'clock or whatever time it was. We do this because we love it. We don't have – I mean, we're looking for sponsors too. You know what? Give me that kid's fucking address. I'll send him a fucking message saying, hey, I'm part of EKF. And uh, this is how many people see my shit and listen to the podcast. I'll wear your fucking hat. Sponsor me. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. You know? There you go. The you thing know, is, for, for, right for me, I, I actually don't want to put this kid that reached out to me in the FTG category. It's unfortunate that he was the one that reached out to me and, and started this whole thing. It's the fucking coach. Yeah. You want to teach these kids something? And it's a... It's a it's a high school team. Uh, get them to understand the flow of what sponsors do. Get them to yeah. understand the fact that when you uh, are, are partner with a company, let's just say it's a plastics company. You partner with a plastics company as their sponsor. You're not just taking free product or or money. Odds are, I think I think uh, with these sponsorships, what they want directly is financial contributions. I don't think they want product at all. I think these kids supply their own stuff. I think they have probably a local tackle shop that gives them a discount or something, and that's what it is. So I'm sure that they're all set, but they probably just need the money for the travel, fuel costs, all this other other maintenance, anything else that needs to get handled with this. This is part of the reason why I think in our end of the state, we don't see a lot of bass fishing clubs for, at the high school level. You know, like there's a lot. I think also the weather, the weather that doesn't too. help either. Yeah, that doesn't help either because let's, let's face it, all these kids would be kind of eating up their summers really for the most part, or it'd be a really short fall and spring. You know, it's, it would, it would, that would be it. So it's, it's, it's tough. Um, I think that this coach is doing these kids who could potentially, who knows, they could, they could go and then have a collegiate tournament fishing experience and then potentially get into like the, a higher level than the next, you know, 15 years or so, who knows, you know, depending on where they are now. And if they have a good understanding of what a sponsorship and a sponsoree have to do for one another, like, it's not just, oh, we take your money and then we're going to put these, like, who the fuck are you with a, a logo on a shirt you know what i mean like anybody yeah. can do that that means nothing like i appreciate that it's on there but how many how many people are on your team how many shirts are we talking about and who's going to actually see these things 
You know, is the logo going to be a, a, a two-inch logo that's, like, on the arm over here? And it's, like, it's a crapshoot that anybody's going to see it? Like, when you ask for – if he was asking for a $300 donation, totally different situation. But he's asking for yeah. a sponsorship, which means that there's something coming back. Yeah, I mean, you know what's funny, man? And I I know you and I – this is where we don't see perfectly eye-to-eye yeah. because you're self-taught with a lot of this shit. And I prefer going the standard route of, you know – secondary education one way or another yeah i anytime i hear that some young kids interested in in taking his bass fishing or taking his fishing skills to the next level yeah i always tell them what you you know i always ask what are you planning on majoring in a college or what are you doing in high school or what are you doing this and they say well you know i'm gonna do this this fishing thing and i always say you need to get into marketing yeah. then you can continue to fish and you'll learn how to sell products. Yep. That's what marketing is. Or you'll learn how to sell products for these sponsors. Or you're going to spend an awful lot of money having other people sell products for your sponsors. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Somebody so will do I, it for that's you. That's what I always say. Yeah. Nobody nobody wants to learn. Everyone wants to do the easy way. Yep. Just there is no easy way. If yep. you want, you know, get out fucking this is a hobby you know yeah. i mean i i know everyone wants to live the dream and be in that one percent of one percent that fishes for a living but even the guys that are fishing for a living and the girls that are fishing for a living yeah are marketing products for their sponsors that's exactly Get a it. marketing degree yeah like you know you gotta fish, fish on the side and then yeah you know I mean, it's 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 just so, one of those things. So to me, that's the fuck that guy is the coach because now you've got this whole team. Because yeah. I, I guarantee that's exactly what's going on is he's just sending these kids out blind. Like, oh yeah, jump on uh, freaking Facebook or whatever and talk to people and and get some get some sponsors. You know, see if you can get some money. And sh- that is, you're doing it wrong, man. I'm sorry. You know, and and I'm sure there's going to be some people that are just like, oh yeah, that sounds great. I want to support young high school teams or something. But with that word sponsorship, that company, that organization, that entity, whatever it is, should be getting something back. And if all they're looking to do is grab for money, yeah, th- those kids should be selling wrapping paper and candy bars, or or, or magazine you know subscriptions. <clears throat> oh, I was going to say ads. Yeah, because we sold ads in our yearbooks. Yeah. you know, everyone had to sell a certain amount of ads. Yeah, sell ads. Yeah, so, but use it as like, say, hey, I'm I'm not selling ads. I'm selling space on our shirts. You know, your this size patch is this much. This is that. That's a different ball game. You know, yeah, like we exactly. have this many shirts. So this is the this is what we're asking for. And we put it on there. But don't mm-hmm. like. But you're right. Sponsorship is sponsorship. You know, selling an ad is one thing, but selling yeah. a sponsorship. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. Get a, get a marketing degree, you little you fuckers. You little fucking piece of shit. All right. <laughs> We're terrible. Fucking, <laughs> fucking terrible. Here we are. Here come the drums. All right. Here they come. First thing I'd like to go over real quick is the MAKB Fall Brawl. Statewide battle. We ended up getting uh, 22 people involved on this one. Nice, uh, nice turnout. Really good. And again, you got to pick your own lake as many inches of bass over 12 inches you could muster in an eight hour period. So I'm gonna go top five. Really, man, these are low totals. Just, it was a rough day. The top seven, actually we'll do top seven. Top seven all broke a hundred inches. And I'm gonna throw them in here just because of the bass he caught. But number seven, gravy fishing, great job. Number six, Josh Carvalho. He had 122 and a quarter or three quarters. Uh, Gravy had 115 and a quarter and one of those was a 20 incher. 
Fifth place, first person in the money, Kelvin Nova which, with 139 and a half. Fourth place, 144 even with yours truly, me. Jim Pattison hit for 188.25, and that's where the jump was made. Mm. For third place, second place was Neil Raposa with 209 even. First place, capturing the fall brawl, Ben Hollowell, 268.25. Nice job, Ben, on a really tough day of fishing. I hate northeast winds, and I hate bluebird skies, and we had both of them, and it sucked. And uh, Ben, great job, man. You cleaned up on a tough day. So that's the first thing I want to talk about. Then we have a little bit of an update here. Now, we have two days left for the Jigs and Bigs October tournament. I have a lot of damn judging to do. I've been really busy, <laughs> and I've been neglecting my judging. So we have, and we got a, I'm going to go with top five spots in this. We have. I would. We, we have, yeah, we got a. I know it's not a log jam. There's some spacing, but man, it's it's tight at the top. All right. Fifth place, eight points. My man Nelson. Nelson's in fifth. Fourth place, Brian Jensen, nine points. Third place, after catching that big bass of his, gravy fishing, 10 points. Second place, Steve Galloway with 11. And first place, no big surprise. Got a couple more days of that. And, um, Good luck to everybody. Have a good Halloween fishing if you can get out. Knock it out of the park, and uh, we'll have the conclusion and the final report for Jigs and Bigs tournaments for this year um, next week. Be good stuff. One final thing I want to mention. There was a, a little bit of a championship tournament for KFL. Uh, unfortunately, this year, they couldn't repeat it, but the, uh, the uh, Mass Maulers um, went down on Saturday to the Coosa Kingfishers. So congrats to Coosa for winning job, their Kusa. first championship. Um, great job for the Maulers. For they had a rough start to their season. They turned it around and got to the championship. Yeah, um, and they made it to the championship. You know, two years in a row. That's great. You know. Yep. So slugged it out. You know, great job to everyone involved. Great season for the KFL. Congrats to them. And uh, we're uh, we're off to the bait of the week, sir. Indeed. We're off to the bait. Indeed, we are. We really are. Let me. These drums gotta go though. I gotta. <laughs> I was I was hoping you had your finger on the button for the for the bait of the week music. I was I was woefully incorrect. Uh, I do now. Chicks and pigs. Bait of the week. Oh my goodness! So this week I had gone out and taken advantage of a little bank send to test out those uh, telescopic uh, rods that I had picked up from Cast King, the Blackhawk twos, and uh, I had played around with some of those, and, and I'm I'm kind of happy with them. But I, it got me thinking about what I'm going to pack up for tackle when I'm out on these like really truly like minimalistic fishing expeditions you know I mean when I'm when I'm traveling and I'm not carrying like you know all uh, my array of other rods and stuff like that what am I going to kind of have on hand and I threw a variety of baits just to kind of see how they would do I threw a th actually on the on the on the bait caster I even threw a, a three quarter ounce jig just to see how it would do and it was okay it would do all right you know it could get the job done definitely wouldn't be the first rod that I pick up you know, um, but if I needed uh, an additional rod in the arsenal, it'll 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 fill. It, it could do the job. Uh, so I I started thinking about you know types of plastics that I would carry, and and, and I, initially I was thinking maybe going the route of you know really small paddle tail swim baits and and working that, and that's that's a great idea. But man, I'll tell you what, a curly tail grub is just one hell of a versatile little bait. 
It really, really is. Um, you basically have two components. You have a tiny little TRD-style bait, really, for the most part. Um, and I like to throw the 5-inch most times. I think it's just about the ideal size uh, because so much of that body is just that big curly tail. So if you need that action, it's there for you. You can swim them. You can just drag them across the bottom. That action, you can work it slowly. You can, you can, you can burn them, and that tail is just getting all kinds of attention. You can get them in a rainbow of colors but if you're in a situation where you're like that tail provides to be too much cut it off and then you've got a trd essentially you know um it's just a great little bait to have on hand i actually i've caught a bunch of fish using uh, uh curly tail grubs in the last three or four years and i've used a variety of different brands and i love them i know sean said that he's got he's got a lot of experience with them and uh and one brand specifically you've used recently yeah uh recently man recently i i, I think i went back to the mr twister once yep. You know, when I first started fishing, that was one of the staple lures. That was probably the first subsurface lure, but I never weighted them. So I would use Mr. Twister makes like a keeper hook um, or has made for a keeper hook for 30 years. Yep. It's, um, it's got a like a longer almost. I mean, it's got to be like a third of the length of the, the shaft of the hook, but it's got a separate keeper that you kind of it can make a grub weedless. And I would use the one odd or the two odd and um, just rig a weedless grub and throw a throw them out into weeds and stuff and, and kind of mm -hmm. almost use them as a surface plug, you know, but occasionally I let them drop. I didn't let them drop too much um, because they were floating. So I, yeah. I had no patience back then. I didn't know to weight them or do anything. And I would just catch bass with them, largemouth, smallmouth, oh, chain yeah. pickerel, perch. They'd all hit it. But I use the, the four inch models for the Mr. Twisters. Yep. Um, I think at some point I started getting the, uh, the Cabela's brand or the Bass Pro Shops brand. Um, over the years, I mean, I've tried those. I've used uh, Kalen's Salty Lunker Grubs, I believe they were called. Mm -hmm. um, really, for the for the single curly tail grub, I think that you know the Mister Twister ones are the classics for me. Yeah, and then I haven't I haven't unnamed one. I forgot where we got them. Yeah, you were with me at the uh, it was one of the shows that I got a particular grub for a trailer. It was a bigger one. I think it was a four or five inch. Yeah, really, really stocky grub. But for the most part, when we talked about this, I said, you know, let's include, let's include split double tails. Let's include everything. Yeah, yeah. Split double, split double tails grubs. So there's four tails. It's a split, split tail with another split in them. There's four tails, and um, I use those as trailers with some regularity still. Mostly I use paddle yep. tails, but I still will if I really want to slow a, a chatterbait down, or I really, really want to throw a slow. A, slow a spinnerbait down yeah i was just gonna I'm say happy to, i love them on spinnerbaits yep. yep i'm happy to put you know a split double tail yep on the back on a trailer hook onto the uh onto the hook of a, a spinnerbait or a chatterbait um swim jigs i generally use paddle tails with so i can't say well there is one swim jig i use those curly tails with mm -hmm. so i use most of these trailers now but um i'm not above putting them on a jig head and firing them out for smallmouth oh know, yeah I mean, they will they'll hit them. <laughs> they'll they'll definitely hit them. Yeah, I throw them on a jig head, throw them on a net head, throw them on. I like I've drop shot at them before, and they're great. You know, I mean, they 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 catch fish, and like I said, you you can get a variety of of colors. You know, all that you want. I will tell you, I think one of the grubs that I have had the best results with 
uh, was when I was the first scrubs I started using were Yamamoto's, and I would just throw just solid black, and yep. they were they were absolutely fantastic. And I was at first I was I was throwing those, and I was kind of doing small Texas rigs with them, like really really small Texas rigs on light like worm hooks. And this is when I first started bass fishing. I think this is probably one of the first baits I had ever picked up one of the first plastics I had ever picked up to start throwing and I was just like yeah this thing it looks fantastic lately I'm into the um like the split design where I'll have like it'll it'll do I mean for for what a, a grub has as a belly it'll have a lighter color for the belly and then like maybe a green pumpkin on top something like that and I mean it's awesome and I've had situations in the past where I've had like you know, I can remember specifically, I was throwing on an EWG Nedhead, a green pumpkin, oh, what was it called? It was a Bass Pro Shops uh, two-inch paddle tail. I think they called it uh, Green Pumpkin Shiner was the color. It's got like a, a like a silver, like reflective style belly on it. And I, they were just getting crushed and the, the bass were just like tearing these things apart. Like after I'd catch a few, there was just time to replace them. They were just getting torn to shit. And I had a similar color in a curly tail grub and it was able to switch them out and have the same results. So it worked out really, really well. It's just for me, it's it's certainly a versatile type of bait that you can do use in a lot of different ways. Um, it's got an I think just enough action, but it's also delicate enough and, and finessey enough uh, where you know it, it provides that level of versatility that maybe you need when you're out fishing and you've got limited gear. You know, it's something that you can kind of like go to and it'll 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 emulate a number of different things. So curly tail grubs, you know. I'm with you again. You know, if if you said to me, Sean, we got a got a, a a youngster that's getting into fishing, yep, and they're looking for some simple lures to use and getting away from bait. The first two things I would I would say if you know when I find out where they're fishing, no matter if it's a pond, small river, whatever, yep, um, deep lakes is kind of gets, eh, but you know if you're fishing shallow water when you're learning to fish, a four inch curly tail grub. Yep. with some sort of a weedless hook and a size nine floating Rapala, and you should be able to catch fish anywhere. Home run, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that's that's all I can recommend. They're, um, they're a staple, man. That's the they bait of the week. Staple. Tell us your uh, your your curly tail grub stories over on Instagram. Fire us some DMs. Let us know uh, if you have a favorite brand or 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 maybe your best catch on a curly tail grub. Let us know. That'd be that'd be awesome to hear. Uh, we are going to throw to commercial ba- break and then uh, smack that co- that coach's mouth loose, and we will be back wrapping up this whole show after this. Jigs and Bigs is your favorite fishing podcast, right? Why not show the world how much you love the show while directly supporting us? We have men's and ladies' shirts, hoodies, and a variety of hats. We even have a waterproof outdoor Bluetooth speaker so you can listen to your favorite podcast while out on the water if you like. Check out jigsandbigs.com shop to visit the store and gear yourself up. If you really can't get enough of this show, consider becoming a jig head and joining our Patreon. It's a subscription that gives you exclusive access to recording sessions that allow you to engage with 
with us as we record the show. We also have some exclusive content there just for our jig heads and even have some special promo codes. Space is limited, so join now at jigsandbigs.com. Finally, if you're local to our area in Western Massachusetts, consider checking out the Western Mass Fishing Report, posted weekly at northeastwildwoman.com. We have amazing contributors providing great content and info for local conditions and what's been going on and working recently. Jigs and Bigs, so much more than just two lightly roasted hippies trapped in the 90s arguing on the internet about fishing. We are back wrapping up this show for you guys. We have uh, it's it's been it's been an interesting week around here at uh, at uh, Jigs and Bigs HQ. Uh, to, to to put it lightly, it's been a, an amazing kind of week. Um, I have I'll tell you one thing that I have been doing, and I put up a post on uh, Instagram recently uh, where I was kind of like you know sort of the same sentiments of this show really like end of the kayak season for me we did it hit our average that we were looking for for trips out it's amazing feeling really good about it and really really looking forward to uh, 2023. Uh, but one thing that I am looking forward to doing starting in the what we have for the rest of this year and moving forward into 2023 is doing some traveling and i have uh, a couple of of uh things going i've actually got uh um uh sort of a plan laid out there for a trip uh in early december uh to fish for some walleyes in upstate new york with uh dominic barone and uh i'm trying to get some friends together to come out and do the whole truck camping thing with me so uh you know this is gonna be freaking cold and <laughs> it's gonna be something i've never done before uh it's like it's like every time i, I go out for some type of a trip there's something new going on you know what I mean I've got to kind of make some adjustments so I've, I'm working on that putting a few things together to kind of uh, make that happen really hope fingers crossed hoping that this all works out because we've got um, there's a lot of moving parts with this one trip uh, but then I have uh, sort of on my my wish list of places I want to go I've got uh, Tennessee I've got North Carolina Virginia Maryland I absolutely plan on going back and fishing with Lockwood uh, in fact I, I had mentioned to my buddy Paul I said you and I should definitely go into snakehead country and make it a, a point to each catch a snakehead in 23 definitely that's got to happen uh florida would be great to do iowa i'd love to get out there and fish with debo and randizzle and of course wisconsin we got a bunch of people in wisconsin that i would love to fish with so that's the plan so on the radar for me is i'm trying to plan these little three day sort of trips where i can go out to an area meet up with some folks do some fishing, kind of uh, get a little bit of the, the the experience of that local area, learn about the the body water, the ecology, like the, the ecosystem, all that stuff, figure it all out, and then record a show on location with them. And thanks to the glory of, you know, the ability to uh, to have mobile internet and stuff, we'll be able to actually make all this stuff happen. So I'll kind of, in a way, be taking all of you guys with us, jig heads and listeners of the show, and documenting all this stuff as it goes. So fingers crossed that all this stuff comes together. I am really, really amped up about it and hoping that this this is uh, pretty awesome. I actually, I think, I'm I'm hoping next weekend it's good and cold because what November is actually going to be a really great month for this because I have, all my weekends are wide open in November. So what I'm what I'm hoping to do is the the if we get 
hit with like a really heavy cold front or it's cold, like below 32, I'm going to set up my truck in, in, in camper mode and I'm going to set it up in the back and I'm going to sleep in there and see how I do. I did uh, prep a little bit, Sean. Uh, I had been researching ways to keep warm with uh, truck camping or, you know, when you're when you're camping, period. And I'm trying to obviously avoid like, you know, uh, any type of situation where I need fuel, propane, butane, anything like that. So I'm not looking to run a heater inside and uh, in, 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 in the forerunner and like, you know, die in a car fire. Uh, so <laughs> That's that we're trying to Propan, avoid. Propane, butane, any of that butane, shit. Butane, any of that shit. Hot mops. I'm a, 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 it's a, if it's an alternative, I'm looking at it. And one of the things that I had looked into was uh, the hand warmers. Taking the hand warmers before I go to bed, opening like a few packs up, putting them in my sleeping bag to kind of like preheat my sleeping bag. Ooh. And then climbing to that. Yeah. So I'm kind of working on that. I'm I'm also working on like the layering system. Like I'm probably going to be sleeping in a base layer, which for me is a lot of clothes to be sleeping in. I know that's TMI, but you guys, I'm treating you like adults, you know. uh, So that's kind of the plan for me. So I got to figure out what's going to work. I just don't want to, you know, freeze to death. I want to avoid should be okay yeah and uh otherwise man i i think i think that's kind of all i've got for like news for this little segment here good news is this is that i have on my calendar now I'm supposed to record an interview with Adam Blumecki, and I am excited to do so because, man, he and I have gone back and forth on, on Instagram now for, like, well over a year. All kinds of different stuff. In fact, he was the guy who recommended to me Jim's Market in Medford, and uh, they, from what I understand, they've been closed the last week for renovation. They're doing some, mm. making some changes over there, and uh, I think I might be doing, well, New Year's Eve... So this is a situation that I have that I'll throw in there as a little extra. I just booked an event that has me, I don't want to say concerned, but it definitely got my attention. So I got a lead that came across my desk for an event that was on New Year's Eve. And I said, okay, New Year's Eve. Now, anybody in the event business does this, but we keep generally a separate set of rates for like specific holidays and stuff. You know, you want to book me on a holiday that's going to interrupt the time that I could be having doing the things that I want to be doing, spending the, the, the time with the people I want to be with there's an inflated rate for that. So, and I'm very upfront about that, that, Hey, this is one of these dates where it is a premium, you know, I mean, just so you know, I'm going to give you a quote, but this date is at a premium. Not only is this event, they want a game show and DJ services. It is on new year's Eve this year from 8 PM to 1 AM. It is also a 21st birthday party. Oh my God. You said it all right there. I am thinking I'm going to go out and I'm going to do this event and I'm going to have my forerunner in sleeper mode. And I think I'm going to rent like a small box trailer from U-Haul with my equipment. And I'm just going to find a a Walmart or something nearby and I'm just going to sleep in the truck. You know, 21st birthday on New Year's Eve. There's only one thought that comes to mind. Alcohol poisoning. To quote the immortal Jar Jar Binks, use the people going to (laughs) die. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So how Jim's market fits into all this is that I'm thinking that 
God, I hope they're open on New Year's Day because I'm going to take a ride Ooh. over there and I'm going to get myself some B-Boys and uh, eat some foods. And uh, that's how I'm going to celebrate 2023. That's my plan. I hope that they're open on New Year's Day. Man, it would be worth it. Who knows? Might be a shit show in there. Who knows? But it's going to be a shit show at that fucking party. I'll it, tell is. You that. <laughs> it is. You know, but at first I was like, ah, they're not going to come on. There's no way. I don't even want to tell you what the price tag was for this event, but they put the deposit down. It's happening. All right. So my New Year's plans are. So, yeah, I may I may experiment with that idea versus like ending this party at one o'clock, hitting the road at one thirty and then driving all the way home. I think I might just make the better decision and kind of play it smart and safe and just, you know, sleeping on the side of roads <laughs> might be a better move. Oh, goodness. Sleeping, sleeping in a parking lot behind something that a drunk driver can't, can't hit. hit. That's what Might I'm be thinking. the best. Yeah. Even on, yeah, even on the, the highways, God, you pulled over. Somebody could be wasted. And, oh, yeah. There's, there's no way. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like One of the things that I first thought of was like a rest stop on the bike. Like that would be a better spot, oh, yeah. you know, get a parking spot close to the building, something like that. And then, you know, anybody, yep. you know, that's what I, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm throwing around the idea. I'm like, yeah, I could throw all my gear in a trailer for this one event and it would be okay. I could, I could make it happen, but you know, we'll figure it out. But, uh, do you have anything else you want to add in here, Sean? Anything at all? No. Um, I know. You know, we've we we're in the we're in the fall. Well, actually, one thing we're in the fall, and and I just want to to say to some of the folks that have been a part of us, you know, continuing on this show and having yep really such a good time this year and the past year. Get ready for Thanksgiving. Keep an eye on my Instagram account. I'll be doing quite a few thank yous. In particular, I've already been thinking about some of that, so that's coming up. Nice. Um, other than that, man. I'm actually, you know what? This was the first year I went full out with tournaments. I fished every tournament I could. Yeah. And I had a lot of fun, but I'll tell you what, I have not felt quite this burnt out. Oh, I believe from a it. Season dude. of fishing. Yeah. You know, in a long time. I have, but I I I understand that this season is coming to a close. We're gonna take a nice break for the holidays. You know, obviously not from recording. We're we're here every week yeah. fucking talking about movies I haven't seen and fucking food we've stuffed in our faces. But um I'll be taking a little break from fishing with my responsibilities on the basketball court for a for few sure. months, and then I'm looking forward to getting back into the uh, the show season to start things off for yep. for that's one thing we got we're all involved for. with. Yep, yeah, and uh, yeah, that's all I got. I'm just uh, like I said, we're gonna wrap this year up and see what see what 2023 brings. We're gonna take a nice breather. I love it. It's been a long year. It has been, guys, and we appreciate you being a part of it. Uh, have yourselves a wonderful, wonderful week, everybody. Go out there and catch some fish. Happy Halloween. I hope you guys had a great one. Uh, if you were able to get out with your kids and they did some trick-or-treating, something like that, if you got a bunch of candy lying around your house, indulge, enjoy. I plan to. We will see you guys <laughs> next week with more Jigs and Bigs goodness, like we always say. Tits and ass smoke some grass.
Sim.